0: Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. As per usual, I am Kevin. And I am Daniel. And this is episode motherfucking eight. Mm. I don't know how we did this. I don't know how we got here, but we're here. How do you feel?
1: Tired and sick for some reason.
0: Tired and sick. It's uh, one forty-one in the a.m. on a beautiful Thursday. <laughs> Apparently, for you sports ball fans out there, the Cubs... For the first time in 108 years, won baseball.
1: <laughs> they won <went> all baseball. <laughs> the all of baseball. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, we were just
0: getting Twitter's blowing up about it right now. You, you
1: told me that Neil the yeah, like thing. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said this is, yeah. would be the first time they've won since Mark Twain was alive. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, all right.
0: That's cool. I mean, I don't I don't follow baseball or anything. I'm sure my dad would
1: have like a comment about this. Um, yeah, I haven't really followed baseball in a long time. I used to go with my day camp to the Marlins games, and it was just, like, the worst three hours ever. Mm. I had to, like, fake my way into excitement.
0: You went uh, day camp? Yeah. You went to day camp?
1: Yeah, it was something that I okay. did when I was, like, younger, because uh, I live with my grandparents, and over the summer, they're like, well, we can't have them in the house mucking up the, the, the carpet. This is great. My like parents did camps. the same thing to me. Yeah, so they, they sent me off to this camp um, off of a university called Inverary, and it was, I don't know, it was, I don't think it was a Jewish day camp, but a lot of my Jewish friends went there. And I spent every day over the summer there for 10 weeks, um, from 8 to 5, just hanging out with kids. From 8 to
0: 5, hanging out with other uh, kids of the Jewish persuasion. N- not all of them were
1: Jewish, but some of them were. Okay. And I had some good times there. Uh, they, they had an arcade um, off the game room, and we would just play, like, Shinobi. The like old school, like, Yeah, Shinobi. They had the old school, like, pitfall game. Uh, there was this fighter game called, I think it was, like, uh, P-42, that's, I, don't, I don't remember that one, but
0: that sounds way cooler than the camp I went to. I, yeah. I, I was in um, North Miami Beach, okay. and so they abbreviated it. The camp was called No My Bee, and all the kids had the joke where it was like, not my bitch, <laughs> like the entire time. Uh, clever kids, clever, really clever not. kids. And we would, you know, we would go to like little day trips. We would go to, uh, back when it was a thing, Grand Prix Racerama. I went there too. You remember that yeah. shit? Yeah. Then they turned into Boomers or something, mm-hmm. something stupid. But yeah, that was fucking awesome.
1: Did they ever take you to Blockbuster Golf and Games? Yes. How did you feel about that, Liz? How did I feel about it? Yeah. Same way I feel about Grand Prix. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm like, oh, I thought fine. so. It's cool. Funny okay. sidebar about uh, Blockbuster game. Golf and Games. Yeah. With a few times. One summer though, I think I was just having way too much fun that I forgot to hydrate, and I actually ended up getting heat stroke. <laughs> so I couldn't enjoy the rest of my day. I think it was like around the batting cages or around the water boats that I just like. I I felt so feverish. My head felt like it was gonna fucking explode.
0: I know our friends in uh, Arizona and other arid places understand the dangers of heat stroke, but I don't think some of the West Coasters or even our our Northeast friends understand. Like, like in Florida, like heat stroke, day, that's a thing. Like every summer, like what the, on the hottest days, at least three old people die. <laughs> like no matter what,
1: you're not and, wrong, and
0: they're inside too.
1: And everything's fine. The AC is running at full blast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they still die. Like, it's just, it's time. They they got baked. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, that's cool. We had a little
1: little uh, camp thing going yeah, on. we together. didn't know about that. We didn't even know. Didn't what know. if we, we did, like, out. rival camp things without even knowing it?
0: I don't, we never interact with other camps or yeah. anything.
1: I, well, I guess um, if you were in North Miami. I was in Waterhill. Oh, yeah, so. I, I was away from you.
0: Um, for the most part, it was just, like, you know, them trying to make me play sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was completely, yeah, I had no interest in sports, also I was a fat kid, so. Were you? I, oh, yeah, I was a fat kid. You didn't know about this? <laughs> I had no idea. I was hefty. I wish this could be the
1: segment of the show where we pulled out a photo album, and yeah. I just look at pictures of you looking fat. I wish. Playing Mortal Kombat.
0: <laughs> I swear it'll happen when we start, like, filming these, for sure. Okay. But, yeah, no, it's a lot of, I, I was a little doughy. I was a little, as, as my parents like to say, that awful, awful word, husky. Oh, man. It was Husky. Yeah, so like, I love doing, you know, Grand Prix and all that shit, and I love trading Pokemon cards with the other kids there. But such weird moments would happen in that camp. Like, I remember, it's always distinct, I always remember it for some reason, where we were in line waiting for something at the camp, and this kid behind me kept on fucking, like, knocking in the back of me. Like, uh, you know, I, like, just pushing. Like, nudging? Yeah, just, like, pushing me, like, but right. like, a, like a hard little shove. And then when I would turn around and be like, what the fuck, dude? He would always be, oh, I
1: didn't somebody know, else, I didn't.
0: It was somebody else. Like, he kept on doing it. And it's one of those moments where, like, you know, I, I it's wa- just so
1: weirdly mean, like, I
0: that. know they are, and I'm I'm watching, like, movies like about these kids who are just like, oh, I'm gonna finally stand up for what I believe in, <laughs> and so my initial thing was like, I I know everything my body told me like just don't do this, but I was like, nah, man, this is that moment, this is that TV moment, take a stand. So I was like, if he does it one more time, if this motherfucker nudges me one more time, he's gonna get the old Batman sucker punch. And, my God,
1: did he get the old Batman Holy sucker shit. punch? You I just get got him, in him right face. in the nose. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fucking, like, the, he did and it. And then tell me you ripped up his, like, holographic Charizard afterwards.
0: No, I just got him so hard that he was just, like, he stepped out of line. He was like, what did you do? <laughs> like, he was just confused by it. He didn't even, like, try to fight. He was just like, what? And I was like... I told you you fucking stop. <laughs> and then, the, you know, I got in trouble, of course. Of course. Because, like, camp counselors aren't there for, like, the bullshit leading up. They're there for the fallout. They're there for, for the, the moment. crying,
1: the red face, like the, the blood.
0: Yeah, the moment that they notice is that they see, like, just my fist connecting with this kid's face. And you are like, what the fuck? Kevin's a sociopath. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta put him down. Guess I'm out. a juvie. <laughs> uh, anyway, video games. <laughs> right? That's what we're here for. Uh, you still playing Overwatch? Of course. <laughs> I know
1: you're. We were
0: playing last night. We were playing last night. Even though I I went up to Target and bought three motherfucking games. This motherfucker. I know. This motherfucker right here. Because Target has a buy two, get one deal. And I thought about it too. I was like, some of these games that I was waiting for, like Titanfall... I picked up uh, Titanfall 2, Battlefield 1, and Skyrim. And uh, I was just saying to myself, like, if I wait for, like, Black Friday deals, I'm probably only going to get, at best, like, 20 bucks off. And I was thinking... So if I bought the two games that I really want, Battlefield 1 and... Titanfall 2 I'm only getting 40 bucks off but I'm getting a $60 game for free if I do it now yeah it's not a bad deal so I'm just like fuck it done in the bag so I've been playing uh, I think did you watch me play Battlefield One? You watch? You walked in. Yeah, for a like little bit last second, night.
1: Right? After our like grueling defeats last night in Overwatch, where I was like, I need to just put this game down for a bit. Oh
0: yeah, I needed, I needed to walk so, away.
1: So I was like, I wanted to see what it was all about, and I, I think I watched you play some of the online, and then you went back into the campaign where you yeah. were a pilot.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was actually a really cool campaign. So it, it split up into these uh, vignettes between like you know different um different factions in World War One, different uh different sides. Uh, it's all allies, by the way. Like I don't. It's not a moment that you play as the Germans, I don't believe. You get to play as the Germans online. Okay. Which is interesting. Because that's something you wouldn't even see like in a World War II game, I don't believe. World of War didn't do that? World of War letting you play as the a... maybe. Maybe. Uh...
1: You're getting me there. I only touched that game for a little bit, so I don't really know. I didn't touch the it online. Went. I just played the campaign in World of War. I, t- I did the opposite. I just played the. Really? Yeah. Looking weird. Okay. I just don't remember it.
0: Yeah, so Battlefield 1 just. I like I like the style that they're going for. I like that it's like more serious. They're trying to go with sort of character-driven, uh, little slice of story, rather than trying to just shoehorn this entire giant campaign where you're you're playing as one guy who mm-hmm. he's in a tank and he's in a plane and he's on a boat. Like now, like they, they split it up where it makes sense, um, and like they, you know they let them have their own own little stories there, which I enjoy. You know, it's, it's more like thoughtful. A, it's a little anthology. Within the game, so that's cool. And then the online is like, I've never been a battlefield guy, it's this huge asymmetric multiplayer where you're fucking fighting like 80 other people Mm -hmm. and you're getting shot from like two miles away. And I was getting the hang of it though, like, this one is probably the best time I've had with a battlefield game.
2: Okay,
0: like, I think I tried four and I was like, fuck this, and then whatever other one came out, I don't know, I lose track of them.
1: You had a lot of fun with Battlefront, but that's, you know, technically. That's not funny. Yeah. It's of the a different so.
0: ballpark entirely and it's so arcadey in comparison yeah. to it. Like you don't have to worry about like your fucking phaser, uh like the wind <laughs> like throwing your aim off of your laser blast. Like that's not an issue in, in Battlefront. Uh, but that's been cool, but what's been really surprising me, and I got into it just today, was Titanfall two. Yeah, so I play a bit of that. You walked in on
1: like on a really interesting, coolest
0: part that I played in the game. <laughs> so I've been hearing, I picked it up because I initially I was like, whatever about it because I was like, okay, um, you played the beta. Yeah, I was like, they're probably they're shoehorning a campaign because enough people cried about part one. Mm-hmm. All right, that's cool. Picked it up because I've read some reviews that are just like, yo, this is like one of the best campaigns this year, and I'm like, no, there's no way. Titanfall, like there's no like no way, no way. What is it? The story? What is it? It, it turns out so you end up in these kind of like huge playgrounds of, of maps, essentially. It, it's reminiscent of Doom okay. in that way. It's kind of like you go after the enemy the way that you want to, and you can hop around. The mobility is heightened, obviously, because you can wall run, you can you can boost jump, you can you know uh, slide around and such. And it's so fucking fun. And th- the thing that kind of took me off guard is this one part in the game where you're in this big factory where it looks like it's like a terraforming facility where they're like, they have trees and they're building these huge platforms with like grass on it. And you can jump around in these platforms and while they're constantly moving and it, I haven't experienced such a fun platformer, a first-person platformer since, like, Portal. Hmm. It reminds me of Portal, some of the shit that it has you doing. Yeah,
1: the segment you were playing through reminded me of that, too, with this the like dilapidated facility with overgrown trees everywhere. And,
0: right, where you, and you, you get, not to get into heavy spoilers, but you get this little wrist uh, watch that lets you travel back and forth in time. To a set period. So you're in the present and then you go back to a set period in time and you solve puzzles like running around the facility doing that. And you can fight enemies in the past and they're just like, This guy's moving erratically. I, I don't understand. I think he has a cloaking device. And then you go to the future and you fucking just avoid that fight altogether, but then shit gets too heavy in the
1: future, go back to the past. It's so interesting. It's gonna make for really like intriguing like segments.
0: It's it's a really cool campaign. Like I understand why some people may have a complaint, because I remember um Polygon had said that it's just like a basic corridor shooter, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Kotaku was just like, no, this game's the fucking truth, and I'm just, I think it's the way people are playing it, hmm. you know, like, go ahead, jump around, use the mobility, don't just play it like a cover shooter, don't yeah. play it like Call of Duty, if you approach it that way, you're gonna have the worst time with that campaign.
1: Yeah, if like, you say it's like a playground, use it to your advantage, use every yeah. little platform, every nook.
0: Right, and I've been enjoying myself so much more than in Battlefield. That's the thing that surprised me, because I thought, like, oh, shit, I've been hearing such good things about Battlefield this year, and it's like, Titanfall 2 is like this fucking underdog. It's such a surprise hit. And it's so weird um, that they released it in between Battlefield 1, which is already EA's, like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, tentpole franchise for this year. This is already an EA game as it is. Right. And then, yeah, they're going against themselves. That, that that That's so weird. Self-cannibalizing right there. Going against Call of Duty, which comes out later this week, so it's mm-hmm. slotted right in between both, and that's such a dumb place for it. And I actually read something today. I didn't put it part of the news because it was just like a little aside. It's an interesting little byline. Yeah. Where? What's this dude's name? His name is Andrew Wilson, EA CEO. Actually responded to about that decision, and he. <laughs> so th- th- just this quote alone is just like, what a self-masqueratory fucking spin. Like, this is, like, from Trump camp, essentially. Um, I'm reading from GameSpot right here. So, in today's earnings call, EEO CEO... EEO. EA CEO Andrew Wilson was asked if he'd do things differently in the future and refrain from releasing future shooters so closely to each other. Wilson said that while Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2 have some overlap, they fulfill very different motivations in what a player is looking for. And this quote fucking gets me. It floored me. We think there's really three types of players, Wilson said. People that really love Battlefield and that kind of big strategic gameplay that will orient... he says orient. I don't understand. Doesn't he mean orientate? We had this conversation yeah. before. Anyway, orient in that direction. The player that loves the fast, fluid, kinetic gameplay of Titanfall 2 that really orient in that direction. And the player that just has to play the two greatest shooters this year and will <laughs> buy both... What the fuck? Jerking
1: off every developer's dick in the room.
0: Whoa, that is like the most... You are a snake oil salesman, sir. That's what that sounds like.
1: As if there are only two sorts of (laughs) FPSs, Battlefield and Titanfall. Yeah, I
0: love that you disregarded this uh, title that's going to outsell... Both. ...every game that you release (laughs) Combined. Like I know, I know Call of Duty's getting a lot of flack this year because it just—it really does. Like honestly, personally, it, it does not look interesting, but it's going to outsell. Sure, name alone, there is a huge demographic of people out there that will buy it because it says Call of Duty. Oh, but I—I I couldn't believe that fucking. Yeah, you read
1: that to me like when I was writing, and I was like, "Are you serious?"
0: I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> like somebody shut his mouth. <laughs> That's...
1: There's only three
0: kinds of players in this world. People that'll buy EA games, or buy EA games, or or buy buy all EA games. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) It's this kind of thinking that led them into the trouble that we're going to get into a little bit.
1: Oh my god. Oh shit. But that's my thing.
0: Do you have anything else going on with you, buddy? How you feeling? How's your day?
1: Not too bad, man. I was at work for way too long today. Um, You were off today, and I was like... Really envious of that, because I wanted to just yeah. like chill out. I wanted to write. I wanted to write a lot, and I just didn't get to do much of that. And I wanted to play some games. Um, on Halloween, I, I jumped back into mm-hmm. Doom, and that's been a lot of fun. Nice. No uh Yeah, I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. Uh, they added an arcade mode, mm-hmm. which I've been just wreaking havoc in, where they basically just take you through like all the levels that you go through in the campaign, and you can basically just get multipliers and um, just accumulate points. But it's cool. It's fast-paced. You just get to fuck up like demons and shit. I'm digging it's on kind it. of the mo. Yeah, more or less. Like that's what you <laughs> do, regardless. But you get yeah. uh, medals and awards for doing it this time. Like they
0: could sell it just like that. Like fuck up demons, shoot at stuff, and like people be like, yeah, you know, actually, they make a very astute observation about why I like Doom as a franchise.
1: It's part of the, like this cool little release thing they're doing, where they've been doing uh, paid for DLC, and then they've been doing free support. And this is one of the free things that they released for the game.
0: Yeah, I've, I've ignored the DLC and whatnot. Like I actually, when I beat the campaign, I put it down because I think there was another game that was kind of dragging me mm-hmm. away from it. It might have been Dark Souls didn't it come out like around that time something Dark Souls was
1: before that it something might have been Uncharted
0: it might, you know what it might have been Uncharted 4 something something happened where I was just like alright I'm gonna I'm gonna put Doom back and I'm gonna, I'm gonna return to it because I wanna get all those bobbleheads heads and I wanna get all the you know uh, upgrades that were like hidden throughout the, the levels because I love that kind of shit I love I love uh, collectibles that actually mean something not the little bobbles, but I mean the upgrades are, like, really cool. I'm like, that's that's amazing. Because it, it changes the course of you know, that's gameplay.
1: True. I do like the bobbles though, because it's so, like, self-referential to the game and the series itself. It. And it's, like, it's a little fancier. Yeah, so cool. I like it. Uh, I like it a know, lot. I've been having fun with it. It's been taking me so long, because I'll play it in, like, two-hour increments, and then, like, I'll just want a familiar experience, something that kind of yeah. hits a little more. And that's, for me, that's Overwatch that I kind of just jump back into. But I just got the BFG, which is the big fucking gun. <laughs> And oh my god. Is that what that means? Yeah. It's so much fun to just eviscerate an entire room with this thing as it just sends out huge like energy beams. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Everything's so satisfying
0: in that game. Really
1: though. Um, I'll finish it this week and then I'll move on to other bit pastures. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know man. Mm -hmm. I've I've been hearing this thing. Uh, The Halloween Terror event just ended for Overwatch. Yeah. And there's been like these continual somber leaks which is like the new self character that they've been teasing for about like fucking four months now. And BlizzCon's this week. So if they go ahead and like actually officially announce her, put her in PTR, and then put her in the game, I might have to fall back into that a little bit again. Fuck is PTR uh what do they call it public testing realm oh okay so it's it's basically where they um showcase it on pc first they get to play around with it see balancing things if it works or not Mm -hmm. and then they move it to consoles usually within like 10 days
0: i wonder what the who has the larger player base pc or consoles for
1: overwatch i mean console it's split across xbox one and Mm -hmm. uh, ps4 i feel like there are more consoles in homes these days but I,
0: I want to I know specifically for overwatch because I was watching I feel like the um, core players
1: would probably be what PC. was that
0: they did like a World Cup for overwatch yeah. like over the weekend or something I, my, my boy. Josh Vargas, shout out to you, man. Jay Vargas. Jay Vargas, he's like, hey man, you should be watching this, and I was like, I only watch League. What I told him, <laughs> Damn, you don't watch League. No, I don't.
1: I love it I watched a few games, and it was really cool. And they
0: play in PC, like they obviously, do. like the, the it's so twitchy. Like seeing their plays, it was just like, uh, I wish I could aim that accurate, but I can't do the rest of PC gaming. I can't do the keyboard part. No. I like using the mouse honestly because I played like a shooter. Like I think when I was at QuakeCon, I was like, oh, it's amazing, and they're like, uh, yeah, what, what's the deal? I was like. This is my first time playing with a mouse and keyboard, and they're like, "Get the fuck out of QuakeCon, you what? phony!" You're everyone, look,
1: the big fat
0: phony, the big fat phony you over here.
1: It's <laughs> so I used to be really good at PC gaming when I was younger. Like I, I played yeah. Diablo 2. What I mean, was, like, that? Diablo. I mean, was, was that? Diablo like, in, in middle school. Yeah. Uh, when I didn't have like a lot of current consoles, I, I mean I had met in sixty four, but I was playing a lot of cool stuff that came out as like the the weeks went on on PC, and that yeah, kind of yeah. stopped because I, like I have a laptop now and. I don't know. It's not set up for that sort of thing. No, you have like a MacBook too. I do,
0: yeah. And it's not really good for gaming. No, you can play like League if you wanted to. Yeah, but I don't want to. Nah, just to give it a chance, dude. You... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I we hear. Th- I hear. Will they... We get into it together. They have a really good community. That's good. I need a, a community. really non-volatile community. Yeah, they're 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 very kind. I'm being sarcastic. What? <laughs> How dare you accuse me? The news guy. Oh, let's do it. Mm, let's hit Hang on here. You
1: got a flight in what? about what? Five hours.
0: I got to leave for the airport like in two. No, I can leave at five. So we got three hours.
1: I think we can get this in under three hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty I think sure. SoundCloud's not going to host any more of our <laughs> yeah, shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, they're they're done with us too. <laughs> um, let's see here. Number one on the list, Mr. Daniel. Everyone's favorite anthropomorphic blue hedgehog is speeding onto the silver screen. You like that? I do. I, I did the color interplay there? You, you did. Thank you. Sony Pictures has announced that a hybrid CG animated live action family film adaptation of Sonic the Hedgehog is being fast tracked into development. Terrible pun intended. I'm rolling my eyes so hard with every word. I, mm-hmm. I can hear the rolling actually. <sighs> this mic's pretty good. Uh, Deadpool director Tim Miller is attached to executive produce the feature a mere week after having dropped out of helming Deadpool 2. Blur Studio Loom Jeff Fowler, will direct, popping his directorial cherry, with Golan the Insatiable creator, Josh Miller, and writer Patrick Casey conjuring up the script. Tim Miller praised his buddy Jeff's strong story instincts and told The Hollywood Reporter that, quote, the world of Sonic presents the perfect opportunity to him, for him to leverage his experience in animation to bring new dimensions. This iconic character, which I love, these PR bullshit spins. I think movies are yeah. worse than games when they say shit like that. Really? It's bad. like everyone is very excited to be working on this legendary thing. <laughs> That's usually the quote. Um, Tim Miller, is it? So Tim Miller is the director, and apparently there's a writer named Josh Miller <laughs> on it. I don't you know if he's using
1: any, the crediting process. Really.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Tim Miller directed Deadpool. And Great he, film. He dropped out of Deadpool too uh, because apparently he was having some conflicts with Mr. Ryan Reynolds about Uh-oh. the uh, the Madonna. direction of the film. He's got Edward Norton in it. Well, the conversation that was had apparently, uh, I forget where I read this, was Ryan Reynolds wanted to keep the same tone as the original film, whereas mm. Miller wanted to go like more stylized with it. Probably more in line with the rest of like you know like let's say Marvel films, yeah. And he was just like, no, fuck that. What? What are you doing? Like you were on my side. It was kind of a a Brutus Caesar moment. Mm-hmm. Try to get historical there and kind of fuck yeah. it up. That's fine. You I'm let sorry. it out, right? Yeah. There you go. He's giving me that look that says he's not. So I know you've been wanting Sonic film
1: <laughs> <I'm>, for <laughs> you know, years. This is uh, one of the first gaming franchises I was introduced to. and I'm a yep. huge Sonic fan. A lot of the recent games I haven't really given a shit about, save for like Sonic Generations and uh, Sonic, 4, okay. Sonic Four, which is like an episodic thing that they did, which was cool. It was like a throwback to like the old school CD um, side scrolling version. Of I know it. what it is. Um, you don't know, have to it. no, it was rad. It was super fast paced. My thing is, okay, he's yep. pitching this as like a hybrid movie.
0: So it's live action and so li- so
1: is what? And so it's live action, but there's going to be CG. So I'm imagining. So a it's like, like a like Roger Rabbit, yeah, Roger Rabbit
0: situation here. Okay, so like Sonic shows up and was he gonna fucking like he's gonna fuck like a normal girl?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you Hang out in like a fucking New York apartment
0: with like Mark Wahlberg. Or I think something. I think I tweeted at you and I was like, will we find out if Sonic eats ass and does he eat ass fast? <laughs>
1: Uh, so my thing is um, is once they started putting Sonic in other formats when they gave him a TV show when they gave him a manga when they gave him Sonic Underground when they gave him lines I stopped giving a shit because they turned him in this weird douchey too too cool for school persona it's it's too
0: extreme
1: like, no, he's a fucking hedgehog, man. He's just trying to get these little flickies and stop Robotnik.
0: What was his thing? Wasn't he big on, like, hot dogs or chili dogs or some shit? Wasn't it his fucking infatuation? Yeah, in, like, it was one weird. Shows?
1: Just... Like, he couldn't get enough of the motherfuckers. I just don't care, man. They're gonna come in, they're gonna do something dumb, like, they're gonna get, like, Seth McFarlane to voice them, and it's just gonna be so weird. Oh my god. Try to make it, like, a buddy comedy.
0: I don't know, dude. It's so stupid that I think it'll work. Do You think so? Like, I think just make it as stupid as possible. Like, don't try to honor the games, because the games have a stupid plot, too. There's no plot, there's nothing. They've been dumber and
1: more loose as The Years Have Gone. The, on. the
0: most serious adaptation I've seen of Sonic was that Sonic anime where he fights Metal Sonic, the anime film. Have you ever seen yeah, that shit? That was cool. I guess. It's it, it still... As cool as things could be in the Sonic universe. It, it's still pretty... It's a bag full of hammers. Mm. It's, it's still dumb as shit. <laughs> but...
1: Yeah, uh, I, I can't be excited about it. Of all, of all the films that you could helm and take like, a video game in another direction with, I just can't get behind it. It's a, dumb.
0: Now, I make a reference and I didn't explain. Blur Studio, apparently, Tim Miller was attached to Blur Studio. They did a lot... They do a lot of like CG openings for, for like video games, mm-hmm. and they actually did that proof of concept Deadpool uh, trailer, if you remember that, where it was completely CGI. No, I don't remember that. You don't remember that at all? Where, like, he's fucking beheading dudes in an Escalade and whatnot? That's how they got the film green-lighted. Because mm-hmm. Fox didn't want to do it, because they were like, what the fuck are you trying to do with Deadpool? That sounds stupid. Let's go with another boring-ass X-Men film. Uh, are you talking enough. about the opening for the movie? The opening for the movie oh, was... was okay, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Was, like, a, like they did a proof-of-concept for the opening of the movie that was completely CGI. Hmm made by Blur Studio right. and that's what got that movie greenlit and they fucking snuck it online to force Fox's hand and I was like that was a cool move Interesting. that's why I'm just like damn how did Tim Miller drop out of Deadpool 2 if like you know this is the kind of shit that they were pulling like he seemed to seemed like he got it
1: yeah he nailed it I think he nailed the essence of Deadpool in every way and I think a lot of fans agree listen man he's gonna do it again for Sonic he better be a huge fucking Sonic fan
0: he better be the, oh my god he better have played Adventure 2
1: <laughs> and Colors Director's Cut <laughs> and uh, which one was the one where Sonic's a werewolf? Sonic Unleashed. Yeah! <laughs> Best Sonic. Anyway.
0: We're going to move on from Sonic. Fuck Sonic.
1: You know I don't like Sonic.
0: Anyway. Number two on the list, in an interview with <laughs> that's it's both brilliant and dumb at time. Mm-hmm. Xbox head Phil Spencer shared his thoughts on the current state of VR and how it factors in with Microsoft's plans. As it stands, Spencer doesn't want to pull the right trigger, do you get it, until VR gaming moves past demos and experiments. Don't look at me like that. dead <laughs> <laughs> Spencer said, quote, I don't think the creators in the game space have yet found, well, they haven't obviously perfected the craft of building VR games. It's so early. I think we're a couple of years before we'll really see that hit mainstream. Philly Spence does think, however... Virtual gaming will eventually find its stride. While Scorpio, the next iteration of Xbox One, was designed with VR capability in mind to future-proof the console, Spencer can't speak to when we might see Xbox VR. Quoteth the Spence, Most of these things I'm playing now feel like demos and experiments, which I actually think is absolutely the right thing to have happened. That's not a criticism at all, but should be happening. Spencer's concerns are more geared toward the headgear itself. Quote, If I think about the technology, I would say the idea that I'm going to put on a head-mounted display and have a wire hanging out the back of my head that connects to some box in the room, it's got to go away. Most non-core gaming people are not going to do that. I, I like what he said here because it perfectly mirrors everything that I think about VR right Same. Now. It's too early. It's too early for me to want to really like jump on because I know there's not going to be totally immersive experiences. Mm-hmm. They are demos. They like are little experiments. I mean, that Batman game was like twenty bucks, yeah. right? And it's only like maybe an hour or two hours if you're you know really stretching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I agree with that sentiment too about the whole headgear thing. I Feeling
1: like tethered to like a, a console yeah. and just like being restricted in another way. Uh, I don't think it's going to feel truly immersive until we can go wireless with it. I don't know how far along that is. Right.
0: It, it feels like all of our technology. Uh, your smartphone, for instance. Mm-hmm. It fucking threw the phone out the window. You don't need to be stationary anymore. You don't need to go to a pay phone. You don't need to be home to take calls. Awesome idea. That, that was a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Now, hey, how about this? Put the fucking internet
1: on that goddamn thing, Holy too. Shit. Because why not? Take away from your PCs. Put your music on it.
0: Put your porn on it. It's like we're trying, our technology is trying to move us away from feeling tethered to things. Mm-hmm. And. Right now, VR is like, no, I'm totally tethered. <laughs> for
1: something so progressive, it feels so backwards.
0: A little bit. You know, I, yeah, I, I think the headgear thing is a big thing for me because I wear glasses and I don't want to put glasses on glasses, mm-hmm. essentially. And I remember when I used it, it was kind of uncomfortable too. And I know a lot of people are saying, like, oh, it's fine with glasses. And I'm like, well, I got thick rims, my dude. I, uh. For it's you, it's
1: like uncomfortably redundant.
0: Yeah. And I'm completely blind without them. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty
1: bad. Yeah.
0: Sometimes, like, I. I forget, you know, how much I rely on my glasses,
1: and I take them off, and I'm just like, what the fuck? I don't think I've ever seen you without them. Yeah, I don't I think you shower with them. I, yeah, I do, actually. That's how you clean the lens. Mm. Yeah,
0: come on. <laughs> you
1: know. But, what do you think, Daniel? I agree with the sentiment. You and I are in the same camp. We don't mm-hmm. really... We're not as excited by VR as we can, especially because it's no. still, like, in such the nascent stages... Where games feel nice, like demos. Nice. Yeah, right. They feel like demos. They feel like they're really kind of finding their footing. And it'll be a while, maybe a few years, before we really see them take their truest form. Mm-hmm. Right now they, they play like walking sims, they play like demos. And that's cool and all. I mean you gotta you gotta get your start somewhere, but right now that's not where I am at and that's not where I want my gaming to be.
0: Right. It's burgeoning technology and I think it would be cool in and of itself if it weren't for the fact that I already have a machine hooked up to my TV that plays extraordinary games yeah. with, that, that give me hundreds and hundreds of hours of gameplay. I don't need to go backwards in time right now.
1: And play a game that off-screen looks like a fucking Wii game, or worse. Uh, you know, essentially. So. But,
0: you know, I, I think the technology, I, I agree with that sentiment entirely, that it is going to take off
1: eventually. Mm. Right now
0: is not the time. And I remember Austin Walker, uh, the dude, he used to be on Vice Gaming. He actually just launched Waypoint. I don't know why I just gave him a plug. I'm not, you know, <laughs> nothing's going to happen I mean, for us I didn't there. know about it, so that's interesting. Austin Walker's a cool dude. I like him. I respect him as a, as a journalist and a mm-hmm. critic. Um, he said, he made this fucking just throwaway comment. I was just like, I can still walk into a Best Buy and see a bunch of PSVR units just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, what, ha- what happened to that whole pre-order uh, blowout thing? Like, Damn. I walked. In, I remember that, too, when I went to Target yesterday. I was like, Everywhere. yeah, there's a PSVR right the fuck there. <laughs> so it I don't, would be a big holiday seller. <laughs> maybe I mean uh, PlayStation's talking that shit about how oh yeah well you know uh, we're not leading the race right now because people are waiting for the PS4 Pro I'm like, I don't Ooh. think that's I don't, think I don't that's know what's anybody happening. who's talking
1: about the PS4 I don't, I don't think that's what's happening, Sony. But we, we won't get off topic. I know I do that. I like the idea of what he said about um, future-proofing a console. We
0: won't get off... Oh, that's on topic.
1: No, that's that's. I think that's really interesting. Uh, and I don't yeah. hear that too often where it's like, okay, like I think the um, the PS4 is doing that right now with the, the 4K support, mm-hmm. despite the PS4 Pro coming out, where it's like, you're going to have these things that your current console is available to do. And the fact that it could one day have VR support is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I like that too. I like that idea. So that's um, something that
1: like we used to be able to do.
0: No, future proofing a console is like no, it's as is. Like you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I also heard uh, rumblings and Nintendo talking about like they're open to the idea of VR for the the uh, Nintendo Switch hmm. as well. So it, it's something that they need to keep in mind because they they see it, but it seems like everyone's just kind of cautious about about the technology right now because they're just like, well, the consumer is going to decide the fate, and everyone's kind of like, we want to see about that. We're not going to go. You know, balls deep until we see return on it, or we see mm-hmm. genuine interest out of it. And right now, I think it's pretty tepid. It is. It's yeah, tepid. Great. I think the only people that are truly excited about VR are game developers. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. I, I. That's the only people I see talking about it. Like, oh man, this is really cool, and this is like the next step. And I'm just like, okay, sure. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. I just, you know, not right now. <laughs> so number three on the list, sir. It would appear the title of Lara Croft's next blockbuster adventure is, get ready, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Hmm. It's not much of a surprise Square Enix is ordering up another sequel to Crystal Dynamics' successful Tomb Raider reboot. What is surprising is how we found out. An intrepid commuter using a Montreal subway happened to spot a fellow passenger's laptop screen. On the screen appeared to be some sort of presentation the owner was working on, featuring a header using the Shadow of the Tomb Raider name. The work ethic is appreciable, but perhaps keep confidential files at the office. (laughs) What's interesting is having the sequel's title spilled in Montreal, which is quite the hop and a skip away from Crystal Dynamics' Redwood City, California headquarters. But, alas, Kotaku comes to the sleuthing rescue. Citing that their unnamed sources can confirm Shadow of the Tomb Raider is being developed by Edis Montreal, developers of Deus Ex, Human Revolution, and its sequel, Mankind Divided. Both Square Enix publish games. Case closed right there. There it is. That's interesting. That's interesting that they're, they're passing the torch, or at least maybe they're trying to... My fear is they're trying to make it an annual franchise. I think they see that potential in it.
1: I think they're far past the point of making it an annual franchise.
0: Far past the point?
1: Yeah. Say it comes out next year. They wouldn't make it an annual franchise.
0: Oh, because it technically came out last year. Yeah. You're right.
1: Because technically, what, the first one came out in 2013, <laughs> and then that one came out in 2015. So, I mean, every two years. So, every years, two years. That, I think that's a little more impressive okay. than annual.
0: Interesting. Yeah. But to see uh, Crystal, Crystal take a bow <laughs> from their
1: baby. Yeah, that's weird. No,
0: no, no. I don't think it's too weird. I mean, they worked on, way before these last two games, they worked on pretty much, I think, like four or five others beforehand, hmm. ranging from, like, Tomb Raider Anniversary and shit like that. Okay. A uh, bunch of PS2 ones, bunch of PS3 ones, a bunch of Xbox 360, whatever. You know? When it gets multiplied, it gets confusing. That's true. Anyway. Sure. Um, I think that perhaps they're working on something else. I mean, these are the same guys that brought us a uh, Legacy of Kane, hmm. so maybe we'll yeah. see. You know, I don't know yeah. too
1: much about their resume outside of the Tomb Raider games, mm-hmm. so I think that's the first thing I was really introduced to Crystal Dynamic, um, for right so. uh,
0: Tomb Raider. Yeah, I don't think they make. I don't think they made all of the Legacy of Kane. Mm-hmm. Legacy of Kanes. So let me see here. I think they made God Crystal Dynamic. Who made Gex? <laughs> <laughs> Let's look.
1: That. I don't know that it was Crystal Dynamic. For but... some
0: reason, I keep on thinking that it's Crystal Dynamic.
1: We'll look it up.
0: Dude, it totally is. Is it, it totally, really?
1: It totally is. Okay.
0: I hope to God. I I don't believe in God, humble humble listeners. Doesn't
1: gaming gods.
0: But I bet. will get down on my knees for a new Gex game. <laughs> That'd be
1: cool.
0: I want more Gex. I think it's time. There's there's been enough pop culture. For it to kind of ruminate on. True. All right? We can get a really... We need a new anthropomorphic mascot. A, a, absolutely. One that isn't fast or eating ass.
1: <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I like this story. Uh, I think we read it at the same time. And yeah. yeah. We, we had a lot of ideas ruminating about it. <clears throat> do, do you think the name Shadow of the Tomb Raider will stick? Stick? Yeah. I think it's a lot better than Rise of the Tomb Raider. True. I like that though. It kind of positions it in terms of like a trilogy or a longer franchise, and really gives a lot more to the story. But what what are some names that you think could could take place or uh, shadow this? Are you looking at my tweets? I am looking at Because We had like a little tweet war about this. He and I went see. back and forth for a while, and he actually he yeah, posted yeah, yeah. five initial ones that I, I had to respond to, and. These are my favorites. I uh, interview with a Tomb Raider. Yep. The Tomb- the Tomb Raider. Oh, true. People get uh, that confused. Tomb Raider Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fear and Raiding in Tombs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Can't Hardly Raid. Which is really, <laughs> that's my favorite. His favorite is Can't Hardly Raid. Uh, to which I, I responded with uh, Big City Little Raider, which I actually should edit as Big Tomb Little Raider. Okay. Uh, the Girl with the Raider Tattoo. Oh, yeah. I like that. And like Requiem that for a Raider. Mm-hmm. And that's a good one. His last good one was Ted. Uh, Ten tombs I read about you. <laughs> I think mean, they're just brilliant. Ten tombs I read about you. That that that'll be the next <laughs> the, the next blockbuster title in Laura Croft's franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited for it, even though I haven't even played on um, Rise, but I know it's going to be good. Uh, Rise is really good. Um, I hear what, a lot of people bitching about uh, Laura's character and how she's kind of the worst part about it. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I I'm not sure.
0: That's a weird thing to address. Um... I mean, there's a certain level of projection on the character where, like, you when you're just roaming around and there isn't cutscenes and shit, like, you know,
1: it's fine. She's mm-hmm. fine. I think... Her I, inner monologuing and her dialogues, people say.
0: They're a little bland. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, and more so in Rise of the Tomb Raider, you're picking up all these little, you know, baubles and treasures and trinkets and artifacts and shit, and she has just a very bland statement to make about them. Like, mm. And it's she always, like, delivers it in the same kind of, like... Almost in awe, like like she's on like a mushroom trip, like oh this must have been from the Ottoman Empire, <laughs> like it's just okay, cool man, all right, uh, okay. and, like what? <laughs> I loved finding all the treasure and shit in the first game and part two. For some reason, I'm just like, eh, it's kind of kind of dull. It's not really doing anything for mm. me. Like I know it's part of the tomb raiding experience, but
1: actually raiding the
0: tombs is more interesting than
1: you know the loot. Hmm. Yeah. I always found that seems to be the more interesting part of those games. Yeah, way more
0: interesting. If if anything to be is to be said, I would think that the the narrative in both games is pretty weak. Okay. I would say that. Cuz I I have no connection to the characters. The situations are just kind of like, "Eh, okay, pirate showed up." you mm. You you're fighting some in part 2 you're fighting like this religious militia that's looking for like, you know, immortality and I'm like, yeah, that that could be cool if it if didn't do it, like, three times
1: already. Yeah. <laughs> and if they didn't already yeah. kind of do it in a way themselves with yeah. the first game. Yeah, so.
0: Hmm. I got another thing on here for you, buddy. Okay. Number four. That Game Company, the indie darlings behind art house hits such as Flower and Journey, mm,
2: like
0: huh, have announced they will be releasing a brand new game in 2017. New-new? New-new. Unlike their previous slew of games, their next project will go multi-platform. The company has described the title as a game about giving and, like Journey before it, will feature some sort of multiplayer component. That game company has teased the project by releasing a handful of evocative images that could either be concept art or screenshots. Either way, the imagery is gorgeous. Are you looking it up right now? I'm going to look it up. you yeah. look it up? Because I, I saw the headliners for
1: it, but I didn't look into it at all.
0: Now I read the the initial article that kind of talked about this. My source was Kill Screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kill Screen's awesome, by the way. I don't know why more people don't like reference them. Yeah, reference them at all. I think they they're fucking great. Um, they had mentioned that even though it's from the, the studio that brought you Journey and whatnot, a lot of the people that made Journey left. Hmm. Like the producer in the game left. Uh, the compo- it's not the same composer. Aust- Austin uh, Wintry did the fantastic fucking score that I think like it won some award. I forget what it won. It wasn't something prestigious. Um, he's not doing it. It's actually their sound engineer is oh. fucking making the score for it. And so Genova Chen, like the studio head is like the only one that the is the director of the last game is the only one that is pretty much there still.
1: Out of the, you know, upper level creative team.
0: You have this very crazy look on your face. I was reading about at? it.
1: No, I'm just um I'm reading about uh, what it says on the bottom here. Um, <clears throat> I like these images here. Um, the first one is just uh, two candles. Uh, yeah. They say a game about giving with the tag uh, At That Next Game, which is pretty good for that. At
0: That Next Game.
1: Uh, the second is a bunch of, it's four children holding hands. And then the third one is this kind of cool, like, Legend of Zelda esque image where, like, there's this little, like, stone gate and this beam of light kind of piercing through a cloud and touching down. Yeah, I saw that. it. look cool. But the last bit I'm reading here is, um, the studio, having bankrupted itself to develop Journey, Chen said, sought Jesus. outside funding. In 2014, it raised $7 million from a Chinese private equity firm to fund its emotionally engaging experience centered on human connection for players of all ages and background. That's that's crazy.
0: I didn't know they bankrupted themselves. Yeah. Hmm.
1: That's interesting.
0: Did everything work out?
1: <laughs> I, I think so. Because um, Journey's a fucking hit. No, it is a huge hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they put a lot of assets and resources into that. And do, do you
0: mean to say they bankrupted themselves during production or after the fact?
1: This is from Polygon. Yeah. Uh, Never in, heard of them. In 2013, that game company found uh, co-founder, Genova Chen, told Polygon that the studio wanted to continue making emotional, artistic games, but unlike Flower and Journey, wanted to release their next title on a variety of platforms. The studio, having bankrupted itself to develop Journey, Chen said, sought outside funding, in 2014, it raised $7 million from a Chinese private equity firm to fund its...
0: Right, fund right. Journey f- came out in 2012, so holy shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. I did not realize that. That's crazy. Wow. Because they're, like, renowned,
1: and they're, you know... Awesome. It, it's interesting. You see the effect a game has on you, like, <clears throat> when you're playing it, and then how... It, the effect it has on the mass after effect, but you don't really see, like, what happens behind the scenes with that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I, I couldn't imagine. You
0: get bits and pieces, man. Like, this, um... Oh, my God. I just fucking realized, my dude, None, neither of us wrote about this No Man's Sky debacle. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't on the last episode, right? Which one? The fucking No Man's Sky was a mistake.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I was going to write about we it, write but I, we were running late, and I figured we could at least just mention it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it plays into it with, with the whole, like, yeah, we don't really hear about, like, what's going on. Like, I would love to know what the fuck is going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes of No Man's Sky. So, if you don't know, humble listeners, and you probably know, because I think you are some savvy sons of bitches, is that online, suddenly a tweet pops up from the Hello Games account that just says, after, after months of silence, by the way, uh, No Man's Sky was a mistake. And apparently it wasn't directly from the Twitter. It was from the LinkedIn account. Mm-hmm. Sean and, Murray's LinkedIn account. Right. And uh, because uh, what was it? two-way authorization wasn't uh, activated, yep. it went through. And he claims that it was from a disgruntled employee. Mm-hmm. And when somebody emailed Sean Murray, I, I think it was either Polygon or Kotaku. One of the ones that give a shit yeah. about behind-the-scenes stuff, they got a response saying that Things aren't good right now behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, things aren't good at the studio. We're a mess. We're like, I'm in a bad place.
1: It was, it was like, what the fuck? And then Charmer was like,
0: oh, that wasn't us, da 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 and...
1: Here, I'll, I'll read to you, because I have it up, because I wanted to mention it. Yeah. Uh, the initial response that they got um, from the Twitter uh, post was, no, the tweet was not a hack, but rather a disgruntled employee. The email we sent, however, was official. And then the further email that they, Kotaku, yeah. believed to be a fake, uh, read this, No Man's Sky was a mistake. I have contacted you because the silence from Hello Games has been unwarranted and unprofessional. The community has asked me to speak up, and I have a confession to make. The game was simply unfinished upon arrival. Our hand was forced not only by Sony, but the community as well. The constant harassment and absolute gross misconduct on the community's part has made it hard to fulfill our artistic vision. While the pressure from Sony to release the game as soon as possible forced us to cut key features. I want to apologize for what we did not deliver on, as the game does not meet up to what our artistic vision was. However, we do wish that the community was more understanding of our situation. Many people have asked for refunds despite our promise to continually improve and update No Man's Sky. We are just a small studio that has poured our blood, sweat, and tears into this project. The complete lack of respect when it comes to the work we have done absolutely saddens not only myself, but the team as well. We want to improve on the game uh, to the point we dreamed of it being and beyond. I hope everyone affected understands Sean Murray, and this apparently was a fake email that was sent out, or at least it wasn't from Sean Murray. Oh yeah, at least it wasn't Sean Murray. <sighs> wow, I didn't I didn't even read that. Yeah,
0: I did not I didn't hear about that. That's... And then
1: uh, there's a I don't know where this comment section goes through, um, but it says No Man's Sky was a mistake. Somebody commented on it. It was a great game killed by too much marketing. And then Sean Murray quote basically said, "You're not wrong." <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to know what happened there, whether it was a disgruntled employer, a fan who hacked the account.
0: Oh. See, th- this is the kind of thing that I fucking want a movie about. Right? <laughs> I want a documentary
1: about this shit. Triple A game, the movie.
0: Please tell me. I mean, whew. that's such a rough situation there, man. And this kind of shit happens in the industry all the whole time. It really
1: does. You know? that, that's a whole other snafu, though, that I feel like.
0: So yeah, that, that became like from. a
1: debacle. You know, a
0: huge debacle. I'm like, yeah, like uh, most most media right now, most uh, media the, or the press, it's just just shits in the game. Just kind of takes it down. And while I think some of that's deserving for the state that it was in when it was released, mm-hmm. uh, there's more sides to the story. Like, I, I would love if Sean Murray did come out and try try to talk about it. But I don't know. I don't know what contracts or or NDAs he's under because they mm-hmm. work with Sony, to publish the publisher. Sure. So I'm not sure what he can or can't say. Obviously, he has has to stay. Uh, the game's biggest cheerleader, but at True. the same time, he's been completely silent until this this fucking snafu occurred, and that's not good form, no. you know. But then again, they're an indie dev, and this is their first big league game. I, I I don't think they knew how to handle this. Nah, no. I'm glad we mentioned it.
1: Me too. I like the thought that maybe Shuhei has Sean Murray tied up in his basement. And he's just, like, forcing, like, <laughs> thoughts through his account. Like, okay, you're gonna say this next. Like, this
0: was actually, he got the tweets out. <laughs> and, like, he should have just been like, help me! <laughs> Shuhei has me! Because <laughs> Shuhei, remember when he deleted that other last yeah, card? <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Shuhei is the overlord. <laughs> and he, I imagine him just, like, fucking phasing through walls, much like Reaper does in Overwatch. <laughs> It's like, did you, did you tweet that? They're like, no, I didn't. <laughs> Who hey, It was not me? No, right, please. We'll I'll find
1: out if it was.
0: You, you just it sounds like meat being slapped in the. <laughs> the <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I know that's loud. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Well, I have another item on here. Okay, move on to your last one. Speaking of uh, debacles, we're gonna we're gonna keep this gravy train going. So last weekend, EA found themselves embroiled in what we like to call in marketing, a social media shitstorm. In promoting their latest military shooter, Battlefield 1, EA's social media team posted two GIFs accompanied by the ill-fated hashtag JustWW1Things. Both tweets, now deleted, along with third tweet from earlier in the year, went viral. And not because EA landed the attention of meme lovers the internet over, Instead, outcry from fans and journalists popularized the campaign almost overnight. The two standout tweets can be described as follows. Offending tweet number one. Post date, October 28th. Text. Your squad got big plans for the weekend? Hashtag WW1 things. Image. A squad of soldiers walking in front of a burning zeppelin. In image text. When your squad is looking on point. Offending tweet number two. Post date, October 30th. Text, weekend goals. Hashtag just World War One things. Image, a soldier burning another soldier alive with a flamethrower. shit. In image text, when you're too hot for the club. I don't mean to laugh, but... Naturally, EA issued an apology... We would like to apologize for any offense caused by content in the last twenty-four hours posted on the Battlefield Twitter account. It did not treat the World War One era with the respect and sensitivity that we have strived to maintain with the game and our communications. Daniel, say some
1: stuff. Okay. Well, it's been be beer. What you say? It's been a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, it has. Yes. So most of the people who have fought in this war and have ultimately been affected, you know, have passed. And, you know, had had this been, you know, so say, like, speaking on the Afghanistan war or something like that, I feel like it'd be so much more of a blight. Uh, granted, it is still really insensitive. It does make light of the effects of war, uh, the culture of it, and what people go through. And I think it's just kind of like a misstep on their part to market a game when they could have done it a lot more tastefully. Um, Tasteful would be the argument here. Um, so... (laughs) I mean, you never want to turn the the atmosphere of war into memes because it totally just desensitizes the whole thing. Right, so... uh, What intern (laughs) fucking
0: came up with this bullshit is my question. Um, I don't think it merits... Quite the level of outrage that it's mm-hmm. gotten, I think, is it's definitely a slap on the wrist moment where it's like, What the fuck, guys? Yeah. And I mean, especially that flamethrower like fucking
1: tweet. Yeah, that's much, that's a little much.
0: That's a lot much. That one is just like, you should know immediately, like, maybe this isn't cool. Like, you're glorifying not just death, but death that actually occurred. Mm-hmm. There is, those are m- actual human lives that were lost. Actual people died exactly that way in the war. That you are depicting in your video game for sale, fifty nine ninety nine. That that's rough. Now on the other side, if if people are worried, and this is something that I read uh, in response to uh, somebody on Twitter,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, if you're worried about EA trivializing World War One too late, they made a video game about it. <laughs> like like it. Yeah. On, on a macro word. level, yeah, that that that's true. You know. But at the same time, if you're going to handle that, that, that subject matter. Like, in-game, I think it's handled very well. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. They do very
1: tastefully and, it's, it's, and add um, a lot of depth to what happens.
0: Absolutely. Like, they there's some heft, there's a sense of loss, and ju- the game's intro even, like, illustrates that point. You know, you start out and it tells you, these are the trenches, these are the front lines, you were not expected to survive. And it, it starts hitting you with these fucking facts about what happened in the war. And I'm just like, yeah, that's I I like that. I like mm-hmm. how you're you're going about this. It's not just like let's see how fun we can
1: make World War One. <laughs> like that's not what it's about. Yeah, but these tweets kind of like are counterintuitively opposing all the thought they put into that campaign. Oh yeah, and I, I don't know if it's it was a left
0: brain with... right brain situation. Yeah, here. it's it's the marketing team versus you know what the, the development the development team. team would have done with it. Yeah, it's it's just. It's one of those marketing faux pas that, like, we see a lot of it. Mm -hmm. We see it happen all the time. And, yeah, they handled it the right way. Take that shit down apologize. Awesome. Yeah. People are going to fucking forget. You know? That's what's going to happen next week. We're not going to be talking about this. No.
1: But. I I do like how quickly they owned up to it.
0: Absolutely. They could have just been like, oh, we don't understand what's wrong. Like, they don't. That would have been the worst thing to do, which is, like, try to fight it. (laughs) Like, No. No. I understand that, you know, on one camp, a lot of people would be like, ah, oh, people want to get upset about anything, da 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 and on the other camp, it's just like, well, if enough people are offended, then perhaps it's offensive, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, and I, I don't think the argument can be made, I don't think there's a salient argue, argument mm-hmm. saying that, oh, well, there may be some veterans, I get, no, 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 fuck that, yeah, m- m- most of them are dead, absolutely, but there's some reverence and respect that needs to be handled right That's here true. in this situation, you know, that... That that's a war with no great victories. Mm-hmm. You know that that was that was a bad one. Uh, it's like making Vietnam jokes essentially. Yeah, like that's that's a rough one to try to do. And that, that that's that, that's what it comes down to. Like you're you're making jokes about fucking something
1: that happened, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, because not you just trivializing that one war. Right, you're trivializing all wars at that point.
0: Switch the context. Mm-hmm. Make it make it uh, one of your mimi fucking gifts about nine eleven. Make it about. Uh, the Boston Bombings make it about or the Boston Marathon bombing. Mm-hmm. make it about something and then see how that reaction is and it's just like eh. not gonna be so tasteful then it's not very tasteful is yeah it? <laughs> but at the same time I do you know I understand that yeah not everything has to be treated super super seriously mm-hmm. you know we don't have to fucking in my opinion these tweets would have been perfect for a game that wasn't about an actual war. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that, especially that flamethrower thing, if it feels for the game like Dead Space, mm-hmm. you, you know, or like Killing Floor, like a horror game or something. I think people were like really jive and like, "Damn, that's some dark humor right there!" Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha! You know, not with the connotation that's connected to.
1: No, sir. It's unfortunate too because a company like EA and a game like Battlefield, like a franchise that's been going on for so long at this point, like they don't need that sort of like marketing hype. They don't, need, <laughs> right. they don't need to get, like, I don't know, the younger ge- generations behind this sort of meme hype. It's just like, no, it could have survived on its own. It's going to sell regardless.
0: Right. I think this uh, this definitely puts a spotlight on a bigger problem mm-hmm. that a lot of corporations are doing. They need to absolutely stop, which is, stop fucking memeing. Don't meme, you fucking assholes. <laughs> let your fucking... You're professionals. Let your audience meme for you. Turn into memes, retweet it, share it, engage in that way. Don't try to create them, you assholes. <laughs> Just make games, publish games. <laughs> you can't be a part of the metagame game
1: and publish. Yeah, things.
0: do what you're good at. Get the step the fuck out of this shit. I'm trying to make memes, you assholes. God damn it. Such a bunch of dicks. Fucking trying to start hashtags and shit. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. How did you, how did you not like just on a? How did you not know hashtag just World War One things would would not go over? Well. Isn't a fun <laughs> fucking hashtag to be putting out there. Jesus Christ. Like, oh, hashtag just internment camp things. Like, oh get the God. fuck out of here. <laughs> God damn it. How did you... <sighs> I'm tired of this. Stuff. You're mad. <laughs> <Was that> like... <laughs> I'm just use some sense, man. That's true. <laughs> use some sense. That's all it is. There's a team of people that made this. I can't believe there's more than one person that fucked up. <laughs> right, it like, was a slip between the cracks of people that were just like they. Because I know how like the corporate process goes behind like a lot of the marketing. Like it isn't just one dude going like, well, I'm just gonna do this in my off time and like, checks and balances. Happens. No, there's a lot of people that go like, all right, you make sure uh, you pass it through this guy, get, mm-hmm. get approval from uh, Steve over here. Oh, Okay, yeah, it looks good. How the fuck
1: did this... This wasn't like a Hello Game, somebody hacked the account. No, this <laughs> yeah. was like, I feel like so many minds were in all this together. This got
0: more it. than one set of eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and the one that they deleted back in July was uh, of a burning Zeppelin. And like, the tweet said, romantic. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Wow. Uh, what, what fucking asshole. <laughs> <the heck? laughs>
1: That's unreal. <laughs> I can't take it. All right. Before we roll into our topic here, I'm gonna slam down two uh, news topics myself. First bit of my two here: uh, mm-hmm. Katamari Damacy creator announces a new whimsical AR game. When most of us first heard of Keita Takahashi, it's because we were first being introduced to what a Katamari was, and then very feverishly using it to roll up every last thing in sight to please our overbearing space dad, the king of the cosmos. Takahashi set the bar high with how weird games could be for gamers, but we only ate it up and wanted more. I think that's the sort of underlying message about consumerism he was getting at, though. (laughs) This week in a new demonstration video, Takahashi announced a new title called World. World. World is a new AR game coming to us from the Mine Takahashi and studio Funamina, and it will use Tango technology to allow you to reimagine your home in new ways. Tango technology, for those of you who don't know, it was developed by Google and allows you to use smartphones, tablets, and other mobile devices to detect your positive relation to the world without using GPS or other external signals, signals allowing users to create experiences that include indoor navigation, 3D mapping, physical space measurement, environmental recognition, augmented reality, and more or less create windows into a virtual world. Takahashi begins the demonstration by showing the room and saying, You see nothing interesting. He then maps the room using a device and continues on by saying, But actually, a special world is hidden there, and you can use it through the Fab 2 Pro. The room comes alive with unique characters, bobbing sunflowers, rain clouds, a rocket ship, and abundance of other ridiculous objects. As he maps the room, a chatty little cube character with a satellite on his head says, encouraging things like, Hi, nice to meet you, and wow, you have a good ceiling. When the mapping is complete, he leads on (laughs) that your task will begin. He then places the flower on the desk and waters it with a rain cloud previously placed on the ceiling. Once the flower sprouts, an item is given, and the uh, AR journey continues to unfold in new, weird ways. Other parts show UFOs and pyramids around the room, a colorful array of flowers sprouting near a toilet, and a whole room being submerged underwater by a tub faucet. World looks beautiful and bizarre in the way that Katamari Damacy has, but as abstract as it it is, um, it does appear to have some kind of structure. Quote, when you achieve the goal, which we can't talk about yet, Takahashi says, sandbox mode will be unlocked. He adds that the mode lets you do, quote, anything you want. Aside from the two-minute clip, however, there's not much in the way of details. Funimino at this point hasn't announced any additional information on when World will launch. So you just use your phone for this game? Essentially, yeah. That's really fucking cool, actually. It is cool. Um, It's got the same Katamari uh, style and soundtrack to it, and it looks really (laughs) fun, albeit rather bizarre.
0: So... It's using... I wonder, does it use your camera as well?
1: Like, uh... Um... Is that what you're
0: saying? It was, like, taking measurements. The,
1: the device, he said, it was a... <coughs> where is it? The Fab 2 Pro? mm mm-hmm. It looks like a mobile device, kind of like a phone that uses, like... It uses AR and mapping, and basically, like... I don't, I don't know how it does anything differently that maybe our camera phones do. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, it... I don't know. It uses that Tango technology in a way. I didn't really look too much into it, um, and I don't know if it's not going to be something that isn't available to, say, like, smartphone users. Okay. Um, maybe it's a separate device um, that's going to be marketed yeah, it. But I don't know. It's cool. It looks fun. It's... His games are really interesting to me. Yeah, and especially like you you take the basic things like the home and he reimagines them in this like fun new way, especially something like this. And I don't know where this game is going to go. I don't know where half his fucking games are going to go until the end.
0: I, I just, <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to top his most popular game of all time. Nobody Noby boy.
1: Run it back! Which I don't even know if people know what that game is about <laughs> at this point.
0: If they don't, then mm. they're they're fucking up. Yeah. They are fucking up as they're sitting here nice. listening to us. <laughs> They've already they probably have a sense that they already fucked up <laughs> for different reasons turning on this podcast <laughs> But, you're fucking up if you haven't played Noby Noby Boy. Now, I do yeah. mention...
1: No, well, I gotta yeah. say something. Whenever people down the line do fan art of us, yeah. I want somebody to do fan art of your fucking face on the goddamn body of that Noby Noby Boy. <laughs> and I want that to be forever etched into the annals of internet history. I'm gonna take a Noby Noby Boy shit on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, stre- I'm gonna stretch my body around your... Goddamn Around your neck. <laughs> Make my head pop off. <laughs>
0: and then we're gonna float the Mars. <laughs> what are you gonna say? I was gonna say, um... Yeah, uh, there's so there's it just reminded me you were talking about like you know taking measurements and shit. The thing that struck me was doesn't use GPS mm-hmm. on your phone because I hate that about Pokemon Go and I hate that about like Ingress which also made by Niantic uh, that it just it burns out your fucking phone using mm-hmm. GPS and whatnot. I, I like use my phone in different ways. There's this one game, I forget the name of it. Forgive me, I will look it up later. Where it's kind of like a ghost hunting game mm-hmm. where essentially you use your phone's camera. And you just walk around your house, turn off the fucking lights, and you go around, and you hold your phone up just as such, and on the screen, there's like ghosts in your apartment. And you've got to like track them, essentially. That's neat. It's it's like an AR horror game, just using your camera and your screen. And I was like, that's such a cool idea. Oh my god. Like, I I want to play that fucking game. So I like the idea of just using the device in your pocket in more ways than just like, let's make a fucking runner or a tap-tap game. Yeah, It's like, hey, get out of here with that shit. Give me something cool.
1: It's crazy, too, because the uh, the mobile gaming market, I, I don't even know, it's fucking a thousand times greater than just the console game market at this point. So it's cool to see them do... Greater it, in what way? In terms of the... Okay. The amount, quantity of games that are out there. So it's quantitative. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I was reading something that there were maybe 3,000 PS3 and PS4 games or Xbox right. 360 and Xbox One games across both consoles whereas there are 600,000 available mobile games.
0: Right, there's no that's quality, insane. there's no quality control, there's no, no.
1: curation. There
0: there's no, it's it it's, it's a fucking no man's land.
1: But to see a big console developer come in and be like, mm-hmm. "I want to use this kind of mobile technology in a new way." It's it's interesting. Yeah,
0: I and that's the thing about devs. They mm-hmm. they love doing new and interesting things.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it commercially viable? Probably not. A lot of especially are, if you need this new device for it.
0: Oh yeah, a lot of people are going to fucking sleep on this game so hard. Mm. They're going to ignore the shit out of it. It looks fun. Yeah, looks fun. But you know what they're going to ask? Where's the next Katamari?
1: That's true. I want one. I kind of tapped out with Katamari Forever, and even at that, like I wasn't enjoying it as much as I was like, we love Katamari, or the mm. first one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that was just me. Mm. Katamari Forever is the best one. You always say that. Mm-hmm. I do. You're wrong. It's true nope
0: not wrong about that
1: (laughs) please go ahead and hit him up at uh at kevin apoc at kevin is that what it is on on my twitter Twitter? yeah kevin apocalypse at kevin apocalypse hit him up at at kevin apocalypse you know and let him know how goddamn wrong he is
0: you have nine followers
1: and you don't know (laughs) him. that's how little i care about my twitter shit why do you have a private account
0: that's just how i am what's your problem
1: nothing You know you would
0: get followers if you weren't private. I just don't care. You know nine people on Twitter. So?
1: All right. That's fine. I know more. Yeah? They still follow me. Why not? I don't know, man. What do they like about you? I don't know. Okay. Don't think so. That's a hard assessment. What don't my friends like (laughs) about me and why don't they want to follow me? I don't know. The save
0: room likes to get into (laughs) some real human shit. Yeah. Okay.
1: Number two here on my list. Mm. I'm going to itemize it and it's all I've got. (laughs) <laughs> you should just go off of my itemization. Yeah, just fucking so start number seven if I have five. You go. You okay, so six and seven. Yeah. So, yeah. number seven on the yes. <laughs> adjoined list. Yes. Valve slams down the hammer, banning bullshots yeah. on their store product page. Moving forward with their online selling of games, Valve decreed this week that developers on Steam will no longer be able to post bullshots on the Steam store page and will have to show the actual in game screenshots to that page. In a mild manner, request to developers on a Steam post, they state, quote, We ask that any images you upload to the screen selection of your store page should be screenshots that show your game. This means avoided, u- avoiding using concept art, pre-rendered cinematic stills, or images that contain awards, marketing copy, or written product descriptions. Please show customers what your game is actually like to play, end quote. Valve notes that there are additional pages uh, for developers to upload any concept art or non-screenshot-related materi- materials, and even paid the way by cleaning up their page for Dota 2. But why now? Valve states that they haven't been super crisp on their guidelines in the past and wanted to clarify their rules. Quote, When the screenshot section of a store page is used for images other than screenshots that depict the game, it can make it harder for customers to understand what the product is that they are looking at. Additionally, we're going to start showing uh, game screenshots in more places, and these images need to be able to represent that game. This isn't the first time developers and publishers have gotten away with posting bullshot images of games running on high-end PCs, or even posting footages that never made it in the final product. Valve's cracking of the whip has many believing that Summer's No Man's Sky debacle might have led this decision, with many promotional screenshots being distributed on their product page and elsewhere that showcase high-quality gameplay that the in-game engine couldn't achieve, as well as locations and creatures no one has yet to encounter. Considering the false advertising claims against Hello Games, it might be a smart move to Valve and its senior developers to not fall claim to the same pitfalls and shortcomings.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We talk about this
1: all the time. What, Bullshots? Yeah. Yeah, How day. misleading it is. It's yeah. all we talk about. Well, especially since, like, the whole uh, Aliens, Colonial Marine thing that we did. Since? Yeah. That's when you kind of, like, really kind of opened my eyes to it. I was like, what's a bullshot? What's a bullshot? Bull <laughs> I, like, I took it as what it is. I was like, oh, it's a cool screenshot right there. you're like, no, that's <clears throat> not what it is.
0: No, yeah, and it sucks. Mm -hmm. And the worst, and it happened back in, like, uh, the 360 generation a lot. A lot of the screenshots on box art wouldn't be from that version of the game. Like, it would definitely be PC. There was one game, and one, it was this fucking dinosaur game. I think it was, like, Jurassic the Hunted, Mm -hmm. I think it was called.
1: I recall that one. Yeah,
0: yeah, I had it. I had it for a while, and, like, all the screenshots look fucking immaculate. And you play the game... It looks like a turd with eyeballs. Oh, shit. It's horrible. <laughs> I, I I couldn't believe that shit. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what caused them. I wonder what, what the call of the action was for Valve. to kind of crack down on that.
1: I don't know. They're a big publisher. A lot of their products are available online. Maybe like a lot of people are starting to think maybe it was the No Man's Sky thing.
0: No what? Man's Sky? Because like, they did show off uh, things that weren't in the game. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's one of the more recent displays of bull shots mm-hmm. and misleading of products. Interesting there.
0: Well, damn. I want a documentary about Hello Games now, <laughs> man. Because, like, goddamn. Right? <laughs> There's so much
1: to cover now. So much is happening. I think they're getting more notoriety for the things that they haven't done. Right. The things that they have in the actual game itself. They
0: have a fucking
1: lineage now. That's crazy. It's
0: not about how good their game was. No,
1: it's not a good legacy to have. <laughs> Not and at it's all. It's not going to pan well out for them in the future when they go on to do other things. Oh, jeez. Ugh. Uh, it's no, sad for them. that's an interesting one, especially for a company like Valve to jump on it. And it'll be... Um, I'm interested to see if other companies kind of follow suit and start doing the same thing. But for a company like that who primarily uh, markets their games through an online store, it's a little different for them. hmm I mean, it is their
0: platform. Mm. They can definitely set the rules. Hmm. I just wonder what happened.
1: That's all. Yeah. i like, what the fuck? Maybe we'll find out in like the next coming weeks. Usually you get a big thing like this and then like more details come out along the way.
0: Mm-hmm. So. mm-hmm. Or never because they that, are know. not very open as a company. hmm They do a pretty piss poor job about communicating. Like what's going on with them and this and that.
2: Okay.
0: And they even said that like they, th- there was a quote from them like a couple months back. About how like, we just do a bad job of communicating with people. I like that they we, call themselves that. They? Yeah, because they, they, their whole philosophy was that it's, it counts more what you do than what you say. Mm-hmm. And then they realize, oh, but social media fuck that up. That's not true anymore. Okay. So now we have to say what we do and hmm. whatnot. Yeah. Or else people just kind of stew and get angry and think that, oh, you don't give a shit, do you? And it's true. They, you know, they probably don't give a shit. They make billions of dollars off of fucking uh, steam, mm. but they, you know, got to put on that face. <laughs> we do give a shit. Yes, yeah. yes. No man's sky lied. Okay, <laughs> let's uh, enforce some sort of policy here. That's smart. We'll see. You
1: got another for me? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing else in news. That's all I got there. A lot of things I wanted to cover, <laughs> you covered, and we talked about. Yep. Um, I'll raw like just a few of the releases here. I didn't write anything out for them. Uh, it's kind of light this week. Mm. really the only big thing worth mentioning is um call of duty infinite warfare which comes out tomorrow november 4th
0: oh yeah okay it is, uh, it is thursday right now i was like is that right yeah
1: other games mario party star rush for the 3ds and then games that came out earlier this week uh there was an atari flashbacks classics volume one and two that came mm. out for xbox one destroy all humans for the ps4 uh, i'm not sure if that's like a remaster so sort of um owl boy finally came out Mm. and uh, Super Dungeon Bros.
0: Owlboy actually got a really good review.
1: Yeah. I saw something about Arby's, of all companies, promoting Owlboy. Damn, Arby's is just
0: on the pulse. They're, so, <laughs> they're on it, man. <laughs> their finger's on it. I mean, their food's still trash, but goddamn, they're on the pulse. But I
1: do enjoy it. So this are the releases. Kind of short and sweet there. i are kind of in a weird spot right now because a lot of games came out last week, and I think a lot of games are coming out towards the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then notable mention here, uh, free games coming to Xbox One and playstation plus what you got xbox one games with gold for november uh super dungeon bros from november 1st until the 30th and murdered soul suspect from november 16th until december 15th for xbox yeah
0: uh-huh,
1: fuck. so that's pretty cool and then playstation plus it's not as impressive as last month but everybody goes to the rapture and the deadly tower of monsters
0: i want that one. Yeah. Oh shit that's out right now then yeah that was remember we looked at that and i was like what the fuck is this it looks like an isometric shooter, mm. but it has this claymation style to it, and it's all retro
1: 50s sci-fi. Let me look that up, because I do. I remember watching something with you, and I was being... I was very impressed by it.
0: I don't think it was that. Was it the one about the guy jumping through the valley? Called The Valley?
1: Oh, that one was cool, too. <laughs> it was kind of cool.
0: <laughs> Didn't get great reviews, apparently. No. But we shouldn't care about
1: reviews, says Bethesda. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Dragging him through. Dragging him through, <laughs> through again every episode. So let me look this up real quick, Deadly.
0: Um and then the other one, so I did play Everybody's Gone to the Rapture through. I, I still have it on my hard drive, it's still there. Not very impressed. No. Out of uh, and not to to use it as pejorative, uh not one of the best walking sims out there. Okay. We need to come up with another term that doesn't offend. Walking Sims? <laughs> yeah, Walking Simulator apparently is a very offensive term for the type of game. Okay. Or it's offensive to the de- uh, developers of the game. I mean, on a They game... would call it an adventure game. On, know, a, on, like...
1: a, on a gameplay level, that's what it does, but that doesn't sell the experience short. Sure, yeah, it does that, but it does so much more, you know? You <laughs> could call Gone Home a Walking Sim, but that's not all it is. Right. But,
0: you know, it it minimizes. Okay,
1: <laughs> that's fair. Out of respect to the people who put, put all that the time and effort into it. that. Yeah. So. Adventure game?
0: <sighs> I guess. Game where you don't do anything. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Everybody's gonna watch her. Gone to the watcher. Uh, <laughs> to the watcher. <laughs> Rapture. Whatever the fuck. Well, first of all, long ass, stupid title. <laughs> you failed right there. Fuck. Gone home is superior in every goddamn way. We start at the title. Perfect title. Gone home. Home, amazing. You hit it in two syllables. Amazing Fulbright, you did it. <laughs> A fucking great story, great interaction uh, with the environment, mm-hmm. just very visual storytelling going on, as well as through like kind of like these notes and files and dialogue, uh, some voice work brilliant if you haven't played gone home dude please do it like that's one of those games where it's like it, when you're done with your competitive season of overwatch and you're just like i need m- more of a chill experience mm-hmm. but something that it's gonna fucking like resonate with me mm-hmm. do gone home please i know you missed out on the free period for it right? i did and it's probably what like it's only like 10 bucks yeah it's not that bad fucking get it gone home's so good i heard now everybody's gone to the rapture is a really pale imitator of that kind of style mm. of game. It's it, I mean, it's it's obtuse. It's very abstract kind of game, but I I, I did not dig on it. I just I wasn't feeling it. Mm. A game I do recommend, uh, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, okay. as well. That was a very cool. Heard about that one. Way better. There's so many... Firewatch! Way better! Yeah. Way better than Everybody's Gone to <laughs> the Rapture. I'm sorry, dude. I'm so sorry, but that game was just like, fucking, this is boring. Hmm. it's so boring and you need to turn on the captions because everyone has a very thick thick fucking British accent hmm. <laughs> like I couldn't decipher it ooh it's rough well that was my spiel on uh cool everybody's gone in the rapture I think I streamed it did
1: you because you stream everything these days
0: I haven't streamed like in a month I streamed yesterday <laughs> so there you go but a, there was a month gap there okay okay but what about that other game Deadly Tower of Monsters mm-hmm. it looks fucking cool. It does
1: look cool. It looks like a it's a, like a tower shooter, and that's it's fun. inspired by like what well, looks like '50s sci-fi like monster yes. movies. Yes, you're, you're shooting at dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that's all I want out of video robots, games: robots, King Kong-looking creatures, something that looks like the creature from the Black right. movie. It's
0: why we invented video games to mm-hmm. so fucking shoot at dinosaurs, not to have these emotional experiences. Get the fuck out of here. Speaking of that kind of uh, very myopic point of view mm-hmm. about video games in general let's roll into our topic Daniel which is video game movies suck they do so I've been thinking about this lately we got we got a few titles coming up too so they're making a Tomb Raider film it's based on the reboot and that one might end up being one of the better ones because mm-hmm. they're straying away entirely from the Angelina Jolie bullshitty two films that they did okay uh, and it's written by Mardu Noxon, who is a Buffy alum, hmm. so it might have some hope. Okay. Kind of stuck with that. We got another Resident Evil title coming. I think it's the 17th uh, sequel that they've made. Mila Jovovich is uh, 89 at this point. <laughs> to bring her back to life. But... <laughs> and she's still in these films. Uh, it's the final chapter, apparently. They're going to end it. They're going to end it on a high note.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not so sure. Right. Well really? Are you sure? They're going back to Raccoon City. <laughs> You didn't see the trailer where they used... Uh, fuck, what was it? It was like a Leonard Skinner song, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. No, 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 it wasn't Leonard Skinner. Was it wasn't what? I think it was Guns N' Roses. Mm. It's the same to me. Anyway, and we've got a, a Sonic movie coming. Yeah. Oh my God! They're right. all gonna be fucking grade A, right? We got
1: an Uncharted movie in production. We have Firewatch in production. Right. There's a lot of stuff out there. Right, but
0: historically.
1: Video game, game movies.
0: movies have sucked.
1: Yeah. And, and I wonder that's just to us. Yeah. But I don't think it's just to us. I think as a whole, they kind of fall flat and don't deliver the same experience.
0: So I, I always challenge people and I go, Name me a good one. And the first thing that rolls off their fucking lips is Silent Hill. And I think aesthetically and atmospherically, they are correct mm-hmm. that it is a, an amazing homage. Yeah, they to nailed the, to the, essence the games. of Silent Absolutely. Hill. Absolutely but if you didn't know anything about silent hill do you say pasta? I said
1: past that. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was like, "What? How do you know what I ate?" I know all. <laughs> he smells it on me. <laughs> this fucking guy. So, beyond that, if you were if you didn't know anything about silent hill and you just fucking flipped on the TV and started watching this movie, is it a good film? No. No, it's not. It's not you can argue. You can argue this to death. It's not a good film. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't even make sense in most places. It's got this weird world and this weird cult. And Super these, choppy. And these are concepts that kind of like they're given time to gestate because I'm playing a 8 to 10 hour game mm-hmm. versus I have 90 minutes to digest all of this information that doesn't really piece together very well. Mm-hmm. It's weird for the sake of being weird. And it ends on this unsatisfying note. And I'm just like, no, that's not a good, it's not a great horror film. It's, it, it holds, it doesn't hold account like Jacob's Ladder and all these films that have inspired the video game Silver mm-hmm. Hill. And I think the biggest problem with, with video game movies is that they get lost in translation. Is that what Hollywood doesn't understand is that our favorite games, our favorite game stories, mm-hmm. ape on movies. Sure. So you get this weird kind of like... It's like uh, copying a VHS over and over again. There's a degradation. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to copy a video game which in turn is successful because it's been copying narratives of films. Mm-hmm. And it gets this fucking weird mess in the loop. And I think the, the, the most offensive thing or... Well, we're, we're not talking World War I things offensive, <laughs> but the The most egregious thing. Is that Hollywood exec- execs kind of take this surfacey look at video game films, or have historically have anyway? And it just kind of been like, okay, well, well, what do people like about? What do the kids like about these video games? Lots of action. There's some women with big breasts, and you're shooting, shooting, throw some zombies, throw some shit. There you go. You got a movie. There you go. We're make, we're trying to make a video game movie, and they don't understand. It's like that's not
1: what we want to see out of a film. Like no. I'm totally okay. Like I, I doubt them. that half those execs have even really played a full game.
0: Right. They don't understand. They just like they hear a brand. They hear a brand being screamed in the air, like.
1: Okay, They're now. looking at the numbers.
0: Mortal Kombat. Okay, that sounds good. Alright, what's that? You tear off uh, these fucking guys' heads? Nah, we can't do that PG-13. We need to get the kids in the theater. And then we ended up with the PG-13 Mortal Kombat film. Shouldn't happen. What the fuck? <laughs> and don't act like that's a good one, too. People act like it's a good
1: one. It does not hold up. It's entertaining in the least.
0: It's entertaining in that kind of horrible way. Like watching a bad 70s film in the exact same way
1: but much like I, I don't always want my video games to just be yep. entertaining i don't want my video game movie adaptations to be just that mm-hmm. when, especially at this point when i'm going to video games for just more than strict entertainment like i'm not going to them for the same reasons i was a few years ago where i'm like i need a way to pass time or i need to be entertained no i'm going for sometimes like very emotionally enthralling experiences to be whisked <clears> away <throat> to another world you know and uh i don't know i don't All want right. a popcorn muncher
0: I don't want a popcorn muncher made out of, like, you know... Like, I'm so worried about... So The Last of Us was in development as a film. Or, as far as I'm worried, it's still in development as Mm -hmm. a film. It's it's circling the drain right now. And for some reason, this happens to pretty much every video game adaptation. Like, they just kind of sit there in development hell for Mm -hmm. a while. And I think the biggest issue is that the money involved... Hollywood just cannot justify because they—it's this—it's catch twenty-two where it's just like, well, video game movies don't do well, Mm -hmm. so we're not going to give you money to make a good one, and they continue to not do well because you didn't get enough funding to make a good one. Okay, but let me tell you, I'm not going to give you more than forty mil. (laughs) You're You're going to make it on that and less. Like Resident Evil is one of the few financial success stories because the director made it on a very low budget. Mm -hmm just threw threw everything about the game out the fucking window and just kind of piecemeal together like random elements from it Mm -hmm. and just made what could have been if you took the name away a completely different horror movie about zombies. Mm -hmm. It really could stand on its own as something completely separate and you think it material. would have
1: been good and substantial? On no, that. absolutely,
0: no, no, not at all, not at all. I think it's still <laughs> as bad as fucking like Underworld and all that shit. They both remind me of the same thing. They do. There's you kind know? of an
1: overlap there. Leather
0: chicks with guns, like it's fucking whatever. Shrugs abound. You know, some people dig it. Cool. It's it's just popcorn, stupid bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's like watching a very long music video. That that that's what the Resident Evil movies are. Yeah. Um, I hate them so much. I do. It's like I love I love Resident Evils, you know, and I I, I understand that trying to kind of siphon out a narrative mm-hmm. out of those games is difficult because you, you get this whole... You already have a translation problem because they're, in, they're originally made in Japan mm-hmm. and they're, you know, about American characters or mm-hmm. at least what the Japanese perceive to be American heroes and stuff. And I'm just like... It all falls apart. Like, S.T.A.R.S., for instance. Okay, why wouldn't it be SWAT? What <laughs> the hell? We have S.T.A.R.S.? There's a 19-year-old medic... On a team, on a special forces team? What? I don't understand. Why do you have a paramilitary group that
1: Just works at parallel. a police
0: station? Like, everything falls apart, like, real quick mm-hmm. for me. But but you didn't have to do what you did. And what you did, you did six times. And am are going to do a seven. <laughs> or, or I don't know if they're on six or seven right now. Hmm. I, I think it is six. I don't give a shit.
1: You bring up an interesting it. point about that, where the narrative, it's it's so loose, and it's not even something in games like Silent Hill and um, Resident Evil that's g- even given to you by the main character half the time, especially in those earlier games, because like a lot of those times, those characters don't speak, they don't have like full voice lines, they're not having like in depth cutscenes like we are with games now. A lot of the narrative is being um, given to you through dialogues or documents that you find along the way. And there's a lot more of an engrossing experience found there, because you have the player agency, and you're finding it on your own, you know? It's not Mm -hmm. being revealed to you in any way except that. And I feel like when they try and relegate that to main characters, it gets lost in a big way.
0: Yeah, like what J.J. Abrams said, he still wants to make a Half-Life and Portal movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like... That wouldn't work. My dude, both of those films star mute protagonists. What do you do? What concession do you make there? Do you, mm-hmm. do you suddenly, like, oh, Gordon Freeman talks now. Or, we're not going to make it about Gordon Freeman. And then you end up in a Resident Evil situation where it's like, all right, so we are in a different place with mm-hmm. different characters that are in the same universe, but not entirely and not really. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it's just like, what? It just gets lost through the filter there, you know?
1: I I know people, I, saw, I there are probably people out there who are really excited about the prospect of a J.J. Abrams-helmed Portal movie, but I I rolled my eyes really hard. I'm like, it's not gonna work.
0: Yeah, I was just like, dude, no, it's not gonna work at all. It, I don't. The okay, so these two games in particular, actually all Valve games, Mm -hmm. are about gameplay coming first, yes, narrative second. They actually rely on visual storytelling more so than a lot of their, uh, you know, dialogue or Mm cutscenes. I mean, Half Life doesn't really have cutscenes. I mean, all information is relayed through conversations with other characters in game. Mm what are you going to do in the movie version where, like, you know, Gordon's just a quiet dude? Like, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't it doesn't fit right, you know? And then suddenly we have an adaptation that really takes a liberty where it's like, okay, you have a dynamic Ryan Gosling playing fucking Gordon Freeman and he's got a <laughs> bunch of lines and he's carrying the plot and you're just like, something's getting lost about why I like Half-Life. And <laughs> it kind of takes you out of it, too. Right. It's like, this isn't why I like Half-Life. Hmm. So, I think one of the biggest problems is that just because it's a big game doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make a big movie or it's going to make a good movie I think some of these names that we're going after leave them alone like no that's not going to make a good movie like so Bioshock I think would have made a good movie I think even though it had a mute protagonist as well I think Bioshock had enough elements and enough lore to it mm-hmm. that you could kind of like just siphon what you want and turn it into a very cinematic experience because it, it, it is cinematic. It's actually a very literary game. Yeah, it in is. A way.
1: Built off of like Ayn Rand and all right. those.
0: And some of our best films
1: yeah. are based on books.
0: <laughs> you know, I think Bioshock would have worked and I'm very sad that that one kind of fell apart. Or Verbinski wanted to make a hard R $100 million film. Wow. Okay, about... about BioShock, mm-hmm. and it was very faithful in a lot of ways. Where there was concept art that was leaked, that the designs looked exactly like Rapture. There was mm-hmm. no fucking crazy, crazy bullshit going on. It wasn't above the sea or anything crazy. It's like no, that was Rapture. Mm-hmm. That was a big daddy. Like that. Th- these these are components from the game that are absolutely uh, what you're trying to capture in film. You know, it just came
1: down to like, well, what are you going to do with the narrative? Exactly. <clears throat> I think that could have worked because atmospherically. Rapture has so much of a story to tell. Yeah, you can tell whether it's using panning shots or montage or whatever. However, they would execute it. Um, but like you said, the, like the narrative would struggle, and I feel like condensing uh, a ten-hour experience, uh, like Rapture in Bioshock, that builds on itself and really goes places. It's going to be hard to like articulate that in, like a two-hour experience.
0: And that's the biggest problem. And I think a lot of these uh, adaptations don't necessarily need to retell the story of the games. Mm-hmm. I think, even though I think this is going to be a complete disaster, Assassin's Creed, the movie, has decided to not try to retell the story of Ezio or Edward Kenway or Connor Kenway or mm-hmm. any of them. It's a new character, but he is actually rooted in the lore of the Assassin's Creed mythos. Mm-hmm. And it runs concurrent with whatever games. Okay. And obviously, the way that the games have ended up now, there's a lot of room to do that. There is. There isn't like, oh, that's gonna fucking step on the toes. of the... No, 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 not at all. You don't, you don't need Desmond in the film because there's enough room for
1: it. Yeah. Is, the way they. the the, animus. the point where the animus has been <clears throat> outsourced as an entertainment tool now, and people are right. using it to basically dip into the lineage or do these things for, you know, the Templars even.
0: Right. Like, I think that's a smarter <laughs> way to go about a, a lot of these adaptations. Like. Take the feel Mm -hmm. of it, you know. Take the feel of what's going on. Try to get the world right first, and then maybe just make your own characters about it. You know, we don't necessarily need to see Master Chief in a Halo movie. Mm -hmm. Maybe I think that they actually did a uh, kind of like a short mini series that altogether is like makes like a ninety-minute film. Mm -hmm. I forget the fucking name of it. It's like Fall of Reach or something Mm -hmm. like that uh, about Halo, and it was just about this academy. Of kids that are working for the uh, or a part of the UNSC, and Master Chief is just like this very tangential character in it. Like he shows up like in the third act. Like, hmm. He's not. It's not about him. It's about these kids surviving this fucking war, and it was so good. Like, I was just like, damn. Like, it got me caught up in their shit, got me caught up in the world, and then suddenly you get the fucking payoff where Master Chief shows the fuck up. That's right. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> like, it, and it's wild, too, when he shows up and starts doing his thing. I'm like, hmm. god damn. Although there was a, uh, an abandoned, you know, I, we talked about it, the abandoned Halo film,
1: which was...
0: Bobcat. It could have been so good. That would have been so cool. The script was by Danny Boyle. It was paid a million bucks to do that script, by the shit. way. It was produced by Peter Jackson. It was supposed to be the directorial debut of Mr. Neil Blomkamp, who went on to have a very prominent career in sci-fi filmmaking, yeah. and to the point where he is going to helm an Alien film. This is the right guy for the job for Halo. But the studio was too afraid; it being a, it was a huge undertaking. They wanted mm-hmm. Peter behind the lens, and they were asking from both Universal and I believe Paramount. Million, a hundred million each, two hundred million dollar movie. It was about the fall of Reach. It was supposed to take you, it was based kind of on the book, The Fall of Reach. Okay, and which is one of the best, like, I guess, side story attachments to a franchise. Like, when I play Halo, I always think of that book. That's how fucking good that book is because it sets up the story of Master Chief. Says a lot. And this movie did the that whole story hmm. going leading all the way up, apparently up to like Halo 1 I believe is the same way the book did fell apart studios got cold feet it was supposed to be good it was just too big for its own good hmm. you know they, they want to take small small risks they're like alright I'll give you 50 million <laughs> like that's what it came down to
1: yeah, you can't really blame them for the, the, the way things have gone in the past and them noticing trends and how poorly these sort of movies do
0: Oh yeah, I mean, if you have examples like Super Mario Brothers and Street Fighter, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, these fucking just huge failures of films, just stinking up the whole subgenre. Yeah, it, yeah, I understand why. Like from that, from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense to make these movies happen. You know, like I, I would probably, if I was just looking at numbers, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> What is Firewatch? Stop.
1: Don't do it. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here with Firewatch. That, that's a huge gamble. But I guess they yeah. can take a, they can have a lower budget with something like that because there wasn't too much production in the game. There wasn't anything too over the top. I think... So they can make it a very personal, short experience in a way. So it's a lot
0: about... You have to have the right material. I think a great film can still be made out of Resident Evil because, again, Resident Evil apes off of old George Romero zombie films mm-hmm. and horror films of the 80s. You know, it, like... It, I think that's what the filmmakers and producers need to understand. Like this is based off the stuff that we love and do. Yeah. Like not that like we're trying to remake the experience of walking through a haunted mansion mm-hmm. or trying to remake the experience of what it's like to be Laura Croft. Like no, we're just trying to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Like try to identify that about these games. Like what what is this closest to? What is this kind of narrative closest to in filmmaking sense?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I think on the flip side maybe If you're trying to adapt something that's big, you know, like a Half-Life or 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 Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed or Last of Us, maybe don't look to film. Mm. We have a perfect outlet for it that people are willing to accept and happily and hungrily eat down. Netflix streaming, Mm. Hulu, fucking Amazon Prime. Make a series out of it.
1: Yeah, you know, that would give it a more fair treatment and give it room to breathe and actually be fair to the source material. Dude,
0: absolutely. Fucking do it, and people aren't gonna get mad about that. Mm -hmm. You know, if I told you, like, hey man, we're gonna try to do like a kind of a Castlevania series. Like, what? Mm. Like, I would be interested immediately. Like, what? You're doing a TV show in Castlevania? Where's that going? (laughs) Like, like, I'm there. I'm there as day one.
1: You know, that could be a fun like Monster of the Week sort of show too. Right,
0: or you know, or this dude's progression through the castle. You know, week after week, and then you kind of have flashbacks to, like, what fucking draws this guy in Mm. or what motivates him. Like, yeah, you can do shit like that, but in in fucking 90 to 110 minutes,
1: Mm
0: -mm. you have to have a very succinct, awesome story to tell.
1: You you do, especially when a lot of these newer games, like the games from Naughty Dog and, um, I don't know, the newer uh, Resident Evil games, Dead Space, like, they have such strong narratives that tell such a story and that have... Taken so long to build, and I feel like those narratives and stories a lot of times are more impressive than what we find in films, right?
0: Honestly, yeah. Like I, I, playing um...
1: Uncharted 4, playing The Last of Us, I got such an experience that I feel like I haven't gotten in a long time sitting in a movie theater seat, mm-hmm. you know. And maybe it's because I was in that seat and I went on a journey and I felt every bump along the way and I felt everything and I worked for it. I mean, that's the difference, like, I really worked for that ending, I worked for the climax. Where it's like a lot more active versus a passive experience, but I, I feel like it's gonna be so hard for a, a writer and a director to really deliver on the same way. Absolutely, personally, not just me. Um, it's gonna be
0: the right material though. Dude. Yeah. Like, and yep. I I think it's two extremes with it. It's either, uh, you could go after a game that just has is very abstract and doesn't have like a lot of very on-the-point-obvious narrative, mm. like, you know, I think you could make something really cool off of, like, like, Angry Birds did really well, and it's like, the game is literally, like, tapping on the screen. There's mm-hmm. no fucking deep narrative there. Mm. But you're given free reign to do whatever the fuck you want yeah. at that point. I think go after that kind of idea, too. That's true. Or, yeah, we had talked about that um, with
1: the, the Fruit Ninja episode a few back where We are like, okay, there's really nothing going on here, but they have so much realm to make it into something more.
0: Right, they can make it their own at that point, and it's still using this notable brand. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you know, that could be a win if you do it right. You make it fun. I mean, if you told me like a year before the Lego Movie came out that that was going to be worth a worthwhile experience to Mm -hmm. sit through, I would have slapped you in the face. I'd be like, "What the fuck? Are you kidding me?" But when I saw that, I was like, "Meanwhile, that was like one of the
1: best movie experiences in 2014." I was like, "What the
0: fuck is this?" Holy shit, dude. I was It'll like, this is rhyme. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why it's amazing. But it is. <laughs> My,
1: I feel like when these movies get adapted, they get adapted for the wrong reasons. And the producers, the director, they're looking at the wrong aspects of what made these mm-hmm. games great. Like... We'll talk about Assassin's Creed for a second. What makes those games great for me is jumping into the Animus and really exploring that world, that historical context and setting and what you do within it. To hear that like this new one is going to take place primarily outside of it like, what kind of like, fucking experience are you going to give me there? Such a mistake, dude. It's going to be a huge mistake.
0: Such a mistake, because that's not what draws us into the game. Like, this future fucking, like, science fiction story mm-hmm. that the games have always had, like, this this, this meta-narrative going on, it's not the reason I come back to Assassin's Creed. Not at all. I'm going to say that out loud. Like, I go back for
1: the historical fucking parts yeah, of the Yeah, the... I, the... They have teams that work day and night. To, uh, separate teams that that check the history facts. They really make this world like feel like you could have been there at the time that it happened.
0: Right, and all those <laughs> files that explain what's actually going on in mm-hmm. the world about you at that certain time and period, like those are in depth as fuck. Yeah, and I was so impressed with one of the games. I think it was Black Flag. Mm-hmm. Literally wrote out these kind of like synopsi or whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. uh, these codexes yeah, about of what's going on in history. From the perspective of a character in the narrative. Hmm. And I was like, dude, that's so hard to do.
1: Yeah, that's so involved. <laughs> like, like
0: it, it's so much easier to just fucking write down, like, from a history textbook, like, okay. Da, da, da. No, they did it in the perspective of this character. And I was just, Whoa.
1: oh, my God. That's amazing.
0: And made it tie into the narrative. I was like, that's amazing shit. Like, if I did an Assassin's Creed movie, I would start it in the historical times, mm-hmm. you know, in whatever era. And you wouldn't even know about this weird overworld or that it's like just a simulation until maybe halfway through the film. Like something fucks up. Like suddenly, like, oh, it's glitching. What? Like mm-hmm. fucking go take the audience for a loop, you know? Because you need to draw them in to what's going on in that past element mm-hmm. to make it really work. Because that's what works about Assassin's Creed. Exactly. exactly. I don't give a shit about this weird Juno Greek pre-society thing <laughs> going on there. Because they off Ubis- Ubisoft continually shows us that they don't know where the fuck that's going.
1: <laughs> that's so true.
0: <laughs> you know? When they killed Desmond, it was just kind of like, so do you really know what's happening with this?
1: And they keep getting looser and looser with it with each iteration. Oh, they play it fast and loose so hard. And they keep on minimizing
0: its impact. Like Syndicate yeah. had the least amount of those uh,
1: parts of the game.
0: Yeah. Out of any of these You get it
1: through like uh, intermittent like uh, voice communications with people working at like the, the main recorders.
0: Right. It's so downplayed where it's like I think they realize too like yeah, the people kind of just, they <sighs> dig on what's going on with the whole, <laughs> the the uh, actual narrative.
1: And I don't know why they think that this is what we're going to care about. That in we're going to get like 60 minutes of Michael <clears throat> Fassbender running around like Mark Wahlberg or fucking Matt Damon in the Bourne films, like running away from <laughs> government officials. It's like, no,
0: that's not why I like these games. This does, you're right. It um, does look like a Bourne identity. It's,
1: just, it's so unfortunate. Bourne identity in hoods. So, I don't know. <clears throat> I think video game movies suck. I don't think they've ever worked for me. I think the only level that they've ever really worked where they've gotten thoughtful detail is um, in animation. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dead Space movies, those animated ones are pretty good. Right. Uh, I, I feel like you have a lot more availability to do things within that you know, creative digital budget than bringing special effects and you know, selling your experience short there.
0: I mean, there is one really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't even argue great video game movie Final Fantasy The Spirits Within boy oh yeah <laughs> oh my
1: god. we ended up talking starring about it starring
0: James Woods I, I told you in the last episode I
1: can't believe this happened.
0: whole topic Holy would be about shit.
1: Final Fantasy he The Spirits it. Within he pulled it out. is that why he wanted this topic <laughs> I can't believe you right now he just punched oh, me oh baby you're unreal uh, but that was a CG yeah exactly be way better it. than normal yeah. oh my god <laughs> Ah, uh, so, so that's
0: a long thick of it honestly I think if we're going to do video game adaptations fucking turn into series man go mm-hmm. on Netflix just give yourself some time to gestate with it because that's what the games do you know yeah. they're, they're kind of like visual novels you know we, we, get, we get a protracted amount of time with the characters mm-hmm. we get to gestate the world around us and the lore Whereas a two-hour film could never encompass something like any of the Final Fantasies. No. Seven, eight, nine, none of them. Not at none all. None of them.
1: They would Never
0: close. touch it. Never. Like, people would just walk away like, what the fuck is that? And that's
1: exactly what happened. It's a, a super fun. disjointed experience. Exactly. And then, you, you know. You'll get a Netflix series like Stranger Things. That wouldn't have worked as a two-hour movie. Nope. No. They need to split that up into eight episodes and make it like a six-hour experience to really build and feel so much that you could feel.
0: I mean, actually, I think that Stranger Things could have worked as a two-hour movie, because it really is, it harkens back to 80s
1: films, but what we got is so much better
0: than I, what a two-hour I film I think with what they us. were trying
1: to do, they would right. have sold themselves short on it.
0: Oh, yeah, I would have been sold short. just like, okay, that was cool. it had some weird elements, but, you know, I wanted a little more out of that, mm-hmm. and the series gave you a little more out of that, hmm. but I think it's the same thing about video games. Like, it just... If you're going to adapt it, man, give it some time. Like, The Last of Us, you can't get that shit in the two hours. I'm no. sorry. They're you just... can't put me in a seat to even see it. <laughs> like, really? I, you I would... won't, Now You wouldn't see that film?
1: No. Ryan Gosling is Joel. Emma Watson plays. No, play. I wasn't thinking Emma Watson. What's the other Olsen sister? Not the twin. The good Olsen? Yeah. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen? <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> the good Olsen. The one that actually has a career still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. No, he couldn't. No? It's so unfortunate, too, because, like. You would go. Come on. I wouldn't. We didn't see World of Warcraft. We didn't see that one. No, you really wanted to see that. I wanted to see it just to know. And I feel like that did well in a lot of ways. I feel like that sold a lot of tickets. It did well internationally, because it's not hard to explain uh, orcs (laughs) getting cut up by guys in beards. Kind of a universal thing, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People (laughs) enjoy that shit. It's just unfortunate because, like, um, comics have been adapted in a really great way to film. And I -hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe that's developers and um, producers seeing things like, oh, well, these comic book movies are doing really well, so let's try and do the same thing with games. And it's just like, it's different. It's a different medium. Mm -hmm. Especially because video games borrow from every medium.
0: But you could make the same argument that, I mean, a lot of these comic book characters, we're talking about decades of material mm-hmm. character development and changes and yeah. lore whereas a video game you know is very it kind
1: of shoulders on our knowledge of these characters already
0: right so I, I, I do think that there's something there they need to take a look at what makes the Marvel movies work mm-hmm. you know and kind of be like so what like maybe these reinterpretations of characters aren't exactly a bad thing especially to make it fit within a 90 minute kind of uh, circumstance mm-hmm. but yeah, there's there's something to be said right there. I think that's like that's that's the first step that they should take. Look at comic books; mm-hmm. they're working right now. Yeah, trying to make that work for video games, if you're going to do it. But it's also about picking the right licenses. That's well. true. You know, <clears throat> so like you you gonna make a Rocket League movie? What the fuck? They there talks about doing a Gran Turismo movie. Really? Although that concept was really cool. Hmm. I, I, bad example because <laughs> the idea was that the main character literally plays gran turismo mm-hmm. like growing up and then tries his skills at doing it in real life oh. and it's kind of like this underdog success story kind of thing and i was like that's a cool idea actually yeah. i was like that's really interesting sure. yeah maybe start approaching these games in a different like mindset mm. like that you know like oh i grew up playing guitar hero now i'm gonna be a real guitarist the stage <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> would it be awesome yeah I think so what Gran Turismo or, or Guitar Hero both yeah they, they <laughs> I think they tried to do a Guitar Hero movie too they tried to do anything that sells man
1: damn dude it's fuck, fuck right. game pitch give me a video game movie pitch Kevin
0: video game movie pitch yeah. <laughs> oh, sh- I'm, I'm, I'm literally like looking into your room at your collection uh-huh. alright I got it dude Lego Jurassic World the movie <laughs> 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 it makes sense doesn't it it does uh, Until Dawn is like a ready-made kind of yeah that could like work that would work as a fucking movie already
1: uh, I feel like Heavy Rain would have adapted pretty well The Witcher wouldn't work The Witcher would what not what
0: about that Star Wars Battlefront the movie do you think that would work there's certain things that you just know that aren't going to work like Grand Theft is not going to work as a mm-hmm. fucking movie it doesn't it doesn't make sense as a movie Um, I really can't see beyond what I'm Song of the Deep? <laughs> <laughs> Game pitch. No, a movie that I would love to see, I would really love to see them give another very serious attempt at Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. You know, for my personal satisfaction. Um, George A. Romero actually wrote a treatment mm-hmm. for it back in the 90s. <clears throat> and his script was weird. Okay, It was very uh, melodramatic. It, it, and it, it really... Fucked with the characters. It was based on the Mansion Incident of the first first game and all that. But um, Chris and Jill were fucking, and it just had such weird story beats to mm. it. And it just it didn't like Chris was like one with the land. And first of all, he was Native American, uh-huh. and like the be- the opening of the film is him like hunting and him just being a part of the land and just like really being attuned to nature and shit. That's different, yeah. It was, it was it was a very weird script. Okay. Barry gets fucking killed. Uh, by, like, a spider or something like that. Okay. It had most of the monsters. That's what I respect out of it. It had Wesker in there. had the snake. But I think it tried to make some sort of commentary about Big Pharma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which, to be fair, is not too far off for Umbrella. <laughs> no. But it wasn't a very good script, okay. to be honest with you. That's unfortunate. But it got a lot of the elements there. But, yeah, I, I think if you're going to make another Resident Evil film, start with part two because you know, that, that could be a very isolated story it's mm-hmm. not necessarily you don't really need to know about the stars unit and
1: your leads are kind of like like a good uh, yeah. in for you that's sure. I mean, Leon and Claire are such good in and you could have world. a dual narrative that kind of goes back and forth
0: right absolutely where they see different things and whatnot. You know, obviously you could change it up where they're together more or what not um, other than that man like we talked about it Dead Space is, is ready made cool. yeah that would be a cool like horror movie yeah it's, it's a ready made horror movie right there on the spot. Video game horror is so good for film. For yeah, some I think reason,
1: so too. You know? Um, but they just don't get it right because for some reason they think good video game horror movies, like good video game uh, in general, are action sequences, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see fucking Claire Redfield shooting down a hallway of hellhound after hellhound after hellhound. Or I don't want to see Isaac like fucking... Gunning down Necromorphs to, like, I don't know, Limp Biscuit or Slayer. Like, you know, if you're going to do an experience <laughs> like that, I think you need to yeah. really look at what the games themselves did and maybe have a very minimalistic soundtrack. Maybe have a very intense sound design. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make it feel like an action movie. Don't feel like I'm fucking something I could pump my fist to while I have, like, popcorn going in the other hand. Like, you know, make me sit on the edge of my seat. Make me fucking scared, you know, to be that Right. Play with
0: game. the ideas of tension and vulnerability. <clears throat> yeah. You know? Like... Approach it as a horror film. Don't approach it as a video game film. Take, like, everything that you... Like, a filmmaker who is steeped in knowledge of horror be like, okay, I'm the right guy for this job because I'm trying to make a horror film. I'm not trying to make a fucking video game movie. You know, I'm not trying to make an action movie. Is there any... I know you say... I know you said no. Mm -hmm. Is there anything, anything that you would like to see adapted? Is there any one video game into a film that you'd just be so... Pleased as a plum.
1: Absolutely, totally not. No. no, I nothing no. turns me off more. Nothing. No. It's if nothing. so, if somebody came up to me tomorrow and was like, "Oh, uh, they just like that somebody's working on a fucking Legend of Zelda movie," I'd be like, "Okay, whatever." I wouldn't care. I think I would hate that. Yeah, I would hate that so much. Yeah. Somebody, I think there was like a fake like uh, April Fool's trailer that released a few years ago that kind of hinted yeah. towards the idea that that was gonna happen. I'm like. Please
0: don't. And there's rumors that they're trying to turn into a series as well that has a kind of like a Game of Thrones light feel, mm-hmm. you know. That would be cooler. Game of Thrones for the family. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe. I'd have to see. It takes a bold man to make that kind of shit happen.
1: Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything unless you're going to take like a really crazy survival's horror game and make it into like a really yeah. tense uh, experience. No, nothing for me.
0: What about you? That's a word. I told you. Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil Turn that to a movie. I think that's pretty uh, ready-made. Mm-hmm. Any other experiences I played this year, I mean... Shit, Titanfall. <laughs> Might make a really cool fucking movie, actually. You know? Giant Mechs. When's the last Giant Mech movie we had was Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. I think that's a genre that needs a little more entries. Big in Titan, Mechs. You know?
1: <laughs> Big Mechs. Kicking ass.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. I like it. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> it would work.
0: But I think that's a word. I think so. You're
1: not going to get much more out of me out of that. No. Yeah. You know?
0: been a good time there buddy yeah I do have a flight in like what an hour <laughs> you said seven I gotta leave like in an hour and a half okay good times I, thought so. I think that's a good wrap up then mm. Mr. Daniel it's been a pleasure as always same with you Kevin and this has been The Save Room episode eight remember to save your game